This is Urasawa Boys, a podcast where you read and discuss the works of uh, manga artist and author Naoki Urasawa. Uh, right now, we're reading Monster, and Monster deals with a lot of dark and troubling topics and themes, so a list of content warnings is going to be available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Hi everybody, I'm Samuel Quinn Morris. I'm Matt Fennell. Welcome back to Urasawa Boys, the podcast where we, uh, we're done reading reading Urasawa. We're not reading Urasawa, uh, we're just talking about Urasawa. So it's kind of, you know, it's only half of the show that you're used to. But we got a lot of other random bullshit <laughs> to fill up the rest of it. Yeah, there's some fun stuff going on in here. Oh yeah, we got a we got a whole little itinerary. We got a list. It's pretty exciting stuff. I've uh, I've got to say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Matt. Uh, Matt, how have you been? And we can really, we can really luxuriate here. You know, yeah. this is our this is it's our a, season wrap up. We can. It's a Sunday. It's fall out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a lovely Sunday, October fifteenth. The time change has got to be happening soon, right? I guess that's after Halloween now, is the way that that usually uh, does its thing. It's after Halloween, and I know this because when I was working at a place in New York, right. No, so it's spring forward, fall back. And so they were like, so in the fall, when you turn the clocks back, we don't close an hour early. We still close at the same time. So, so you're, you're actually open working for an extra an hour. Extra hour. And so then Miserable. and so then I was like, okay, well, so what about what about in the spring when the, you move the clocks forward? I'm like, so do we still close at the same time? And they're like, no. Close an hour then we later. stay open an extra hour. <laughs> so that we're still open the same amount of time. Miserable. Um... Dude, that night, I was working that night. You have no idea how demoralizing it was to watch it go from two fifty nine to, to two. two. Yeah, I can't in imagine. In the morning, it was it was just the worst. No bueno. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I've been I I've been good. I've been very very tired. I think since the last time we recorded, because we recorded was it after my race, but before the wedding. I think was when we recorded. It was after the race. I I don't know if it was before the wedding or not. I'm pretty sure it was I before I got fired. You, I yeah, I think that too. Um, <laughs> I went out to California for this wedding um, in Sacramento on a Thursday, um, oh, yeah. and we did this thing where we said, oh, we're going to stay on East Coast time because we didn't take vacation days. So we were still working. But th- that's not really what that means. That just meant that we woke up at about, you know, five and six in the morning every day that we were in Sacramento mm-hmm. and then stayed awake until two or three in the evening uh, or in the in the morning, uh, cool. two or three a.m. So very tired from that. Um, we Beautiful wedding. Very nice. Congratulations to my friends, Arthur and Morgan um we yeah, drove out to yeah congrats to them uh we drove out to pacifica and went to the taco bell there and i stared at the ocean for a while and that like was good for me i think eating taco bell yeah on the beach uh That's just so what a mat what a mat of luxury. Thing to do yeah um i think the quinn equivalent of that is probably 
beef stew in a cabin. Okay, because you're not a beach person, right? You don't strike me as a no, beach person. Okay. I don't like the beach, and the beach does not like me. I love the beach. Uh, my dad's from Florida. We would spend summers in Florida growing up, and in uh, southern Florida as I got into like end of middle school, early high school, and basically I just sat out on the beach all summer uh, and would read crappy books. Uh, Michael Crichton, John Grisham, a little bit of Stephen King in here, there. Um, there you go. Love the beach. Anyway, uh, it, we, we got back from this wedding. Uh, we, we had a red eye back into Atlanta, landed on Sunday morning, and I basically turned around and left on a business trip uh, <laughs> for four or five days. So Great. Uh, when I finally got back to my bed on late on Thursday, I realized it had been like 12 to 13 days since I had <laughs> slept in my bed. So I am I'm recovering from that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I got the... Got the the mullet and the mustache cleaned up a little bit for some of the meetings that yep. I had on this business trip. As I as I told Matt when he sent me a selfie, I said he went from trucker to 1980s laptop salesman. There we go. Yeah, so that's kind of the look that I'm rocking right now. It's finally getting cool enough here in Chattanooga where I Matt, can we, switch to flannels. We've talked about Halt and Catch Fire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That show yeah, stresses okay. me out entirely too it's much. It's the most stressful show. I watched <laughs> the first made. season and was like, I don't think I can. I love this. I can't watch any more of it. It is too yeah much for me i just the feel, second season wasn't as good anyway i feel so bad for everyone is the thing the like first I, season I, is is a perfect episode of tv yeah it is a perfect season, season of television of TV. If, it's so good if you like if you like feeling like you're going to have a heart attack at any second yeah minute and a half like oh. it is insane <laughs> everything that happens and it just Man. continues to happen and i'm just like oh <laughs> <laughs> but, it's truly uh, I warned you about the stairs TV show. Yeah, it it really 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 is. Um but Holt, Holt and Catch Fire are great. So I am um if I sound a little <laughs> bit tired, uh it's it's because I have not been sleeping. So Yeah, he's been watching too much Holt and Catch Fire. Yeah. It's, it's, good luck sleeping <laughs> after that. So that's that's kind of me. Um how about you? What's going on? What's going on in well, I mean, I know you said that you've been laid off, so we're you know, laid off is a great way to describe it. No, what happened was, here's here's the situation, listeners. So I lost my job at a bar because you see, so a few weeks ago I asked I asked my boss, I'm like, hey, should I have a key to the bar so that I can open it? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. You know, and so normally this guy comes in in the morning and he opens the bar, so I don't need one. Mm-hmm. And there is an extra spare key. Um, but here's the thing. His wife just had a baby, and so he's not here in the mornings to unlock the bar. So on Monday, I go and I get the spare key. Great. Awesome. And then I left the key in the bar. Oops. And and this happened like a couple of days. And the first time, uh, one of my coworkers came and helped me out. And the second time, you know, I, I texted him and called him, and I was like, Hey, man, I don't have the, I don't have a key. Can't get in. And then uh, he only looked at his phone after we were already supposed to be open. And, of course, sure. I've just been waiting in my car the whole time. Um, and um, and so then he, he looks at his phone. He comes in and he opens the door. And he's like, I think this is the end of our time together. Are and you I was kidding? Like, just I for agree. one? Like, that was it? Look, I mean, and also, and also, to be fair, it's not like I was super respectful to the guy in general. Like he's a he's a dumb idiot man. 
And like, I kept most of it to myself, but I, I have no poker face, right? So when he said dumb idiot things, I would get a look on my face. And it's not the most judgmental look in the world, but I did get a look. And so I imagine he was just waiting for the right time. Yeah. You know. Um, well, but that sucks. I, re I refuse to work for somebody who is not worthy of my respect. Yeah. And who also would engineer a situation with so few redundancies that one person forgetting a key means the bar doesn't open. Yeah. Like, that is not a... That's not what an intelligent person does. It's a little bit silly, I think, is, is the thing. Um, not ideal. Keys, just in general... Yeah. I, the number of times, so like the couple that just got married, when they go out of town, I watch their dogs um, and they live over by my office. So mm -hmm. usually what I do is I'll, I'll wake up early when I'm watching the dogs so I can get over there and then just go straight into work. Um, mm -hmm. There have been two or three times where I've gotten over there and realized that I left the key that they gave me on my key hook in my apartment. And let oh, me no. tell you what, that is the worst feeling in the world. The white hot rage that runs through my body when I realize I cannot get in to feed these dogs at 6 a.m. is <laughs> not fun. It's not good. Uh, keys just, I don't know, they they suck. Anti-key stance on this podcast, I think, is, is where <laughs> we're landing. It's the yeah, weirdest definitely. stance to come up with. <laughs> Keys. You want to talk about the root of all the evil? Keys it's not and money, locks. It's keys. it's keys. Yeah. <laughs> you have nothing to break dad, with your chains and, and the locks. My dad. That... My dad would agree with this. He hates. He hates locks and keys. He's. He's like, every time, I see that somebody's locked their door. I know that we're not evolved yet as a species. And I'm like, come on, Dad. Okay. Uh, you know what? Thank you for saying this because now I won't get to that level. Thank you, Mr. Morris. But also, I will not be subscribing to that philosophy. You know, he just he just wants everybody to, to get along and uh, be look, a good person. Look, I don't blame him for he that. Yeah. No, no. It's, he's, he's, a real, he's a real gem of a man. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, so I've just been sitting on my ass uh, being depressed mostly. Look, it happens That's what from I've time to time. To. Yeah, dude, it's it's life. It's it's life out here. And well, I guess I'm not in the big city anymore. In the big in the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah. Does Iowa, Iowa City have a fun like... nickname? <laughs> the small potato. <laughs> That's Idaho. It's potatoes, not Iowa. It would be. It would be. Yeah. Uh, what is that? What does Iowa have out here? I don't know. Although corn? It's something interesting. That's produce. Oh, it is corn. Yeah, it is. It is corn. It's it's the medium corn, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something interesting. I was at Hy-Vee earlier. I don't actually know if this is interesting, but it's interesting to me. But I was at Hy-Vee, which is the local supermarket chain, and in their frozen fruit section, uh, they had frozen rhubarb. Ooh. I just wasn't expecting to see frozen rhubarb at a grocery store. It just doesn't seem like rhubarb is like a popular enough item. But, also, uh, it seems I guess out it of season. Be... I feel like rhubarb is a summer food. Well, it's frozen. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's for rhubarb pie. Yeah, strawberry I rhubarb imagine. pie. Yeah, that's that's the good stuff. Yeah, I got I did a lot of work with rhubarb. I, what a what a funny what a funny. Thing it to is say. a funny thing to say, but as soon as you say it, I'm like, yeah, he's making true. tinctures rhubarb. Exactly. Well, I was we were making a rhubarb syrup actually. Okay. So what that entails is chopping up a whole bunch of rhubarb and boiling it, and let me fucking tell you, the scent of rhubarb turns my fucking stomach now. I Ooh. cannot stand it because every week i would make this giant batch of rhubarb of syrup goo. and the entire <laughs> it's it, it turns into this slop 
I really, it is. Ugh. Yeah. I, um, what have I been, co- well, I cooked some, um, I had some leftover skillet gnocchi, so I, and I had a jar of roasted red peppers, so I made like a cream sauce with the roasted red peppers, uh, and some ricotta and some herbs and things, and then sauteed up the gnocchi, a little bit of some, uh, some chicken, toss that all in the sauce, very good. Um, so my, my kitchen smells nice and, uh, Italian-y for like a day or two there. I'm making, I'm making the, um... The American Psycho. Nice. Oh, yeah. Let's medium. see Paul Allen's card. I've yeah. actually not let's seen see, that see. movie. I don't think I would enjoy it. As, what? Yeah. yeah. Matt, you would absolutely enjoy it. I also haven't seen Fight Club, which I know, like, I can just list the, like, toxic masculine movies that I have not seen. Yeah, I don't, I, it just, it, it just seems like you would really like the toxic masculinity movies. I, you know, that's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> Especially considering the mustache, <laughs> you know? You know? Um, exactly. But, and the, I mean, like, my, I go more in for, and we've talked about this a million times, I go more in for Scott Pilgrim, which is like the, you th- it's like, you think you're it's like, less you're threatening. like the soft boy but it's, toxicity. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that I've had to so like, reckon with. So, like, you with. like the lobster, then? I also haven't seen the lobster. The, I know, like, I remember when that you one came what, out, uh, and I was like, I should watch the lobster. Yeah. Um, you know, it did come out recently that I was really, oh wait, never mind. That's on Netflix. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shill for you, Netflix. Fuck you. Well, I mean, you can uh, say absolutely, we can do, we can take the range touch approach. You know, do not watch this until the AMTP comes to the table to make a deal. We're very happy yeah, for the, go. for the tentative deal that has happened for the writers. Um, mm-hmm. AMTP, AMPTP, come to the table, pay the actors. Um, so absolutely do not watch actors. this movie, but the yeah, movie that made you it. think of. But uh, that made me think of the recent little Roald Dahl adaptations that Wes Anderson did. Pop those on Netflix. Oh, uh, the uh, the Fantastic Mr. Wonderful Fox? Wonderful tale of Henry Sugar. Oh, um, I didn't realize that was out. Oh, it's out, baby. Okay. And there's like another three or four 15-minute Roald Dahl adaptations that Wes Anderson also huh. did. Um, so anyway, uh, so don't, don't, don't watch, watch those. But it's interesting that they yeah. exist. Um, it is. Um... All right, shall we? Shall we get? Shall we get to it a little bit here? Sure. By and by. This is going to be kind of you know I I haven't really prepared any notes. Um, no, I think we're just going to be going off no, the dome. We're, we're just doing it. We're just chilling out because you know we we had a really good time doing this uh, this season. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you guys have had a really good time listening. So this is just. Chilling and kind of out. like as we, we both said, we're both very tired, and our mental states are. Not actually. Not... I am. My stomach is full of grocery store pot pie right now. Oh, I want a pot pie for dinner. Not that sounds from the grocery so good. Store. You don't. Um, but but the point is, is that I'm I'm I have a lot of gravy in me, and so this is going to be a slower paced episode. All right. Well, do we have any? Yeah. Do you have any uh, lingering thoughts since yeah, since lingering... it's ended? Lingering things. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I listened to our last episode. It's a good episode. I listened to chunks of uh, it. I don't think I listened to the whole thing just because yeah. I. It's it was long. Uh, and yeah, I was... totally. And you also you did the editing for it, so yeah. you know what it fucking is. Yeah. But it's a it's a good episode, and uh, it's uh, it's just really interesting thinking about how you get from the start of Monster to the end of it. Yeah. 
Um, another thing I was thinking of in that, because I saw some panels get posted of earlier in the story, like I think specifically from when Tem was talking to True Crime Grandma um, and some of the uh-huh. links that we were sharing back and forth, I almost feel like the, the art style doesn't really change dramatically, but I think some of those panels at the start look pretty different from what we're getting at the end. Um, I would say so. Yeah. You know, and I, I think probably in particular his assistants doing the backgrounds, um, I think they either changed out or got better. Um, I, I like almost think even the way that Tenma's face is drawn, and part of that is because we go from babyface Tenma to, to... Yeah, I mean, he ages a lot and also goes through some shit, so I would expect... Uh, I, I suspect that that's intentional Yeah, I mean, on the, Urasawa's part, gonna, to some degree. I'm going to hold uh-huh. the book up to the camera for you so you can kind of see, but I mean, I feel like we go from, you know... I haven't read that McLeod oh, yeah, book. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, his, his face does change. Does I probably change. need to read the McLeod book between this and when we start our next mm-hmm. season. But it almost feels like we go from the, I mean, the panel, the page that everyone knows in that book is the one where he talks about representation, right? And he goes from, okay, here's a smiley face. Here's like a photorealistic uh-huh. drawing of a face. Um, and just kind yeah. of like what different things you can do with different things along that that spectrum. And it just, I, you know, I haven't done the full reread through to kind of see how the art changes from start to finish, but it feels like we move from kind of that more um, abstract to more literal Realistic. representational. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting, there might be something there. And I think uh, about that specifically yeah. because I think for me, the highlight of the ending was, like I said, it's the Lunga Tenma confrontation, right? And how I went long on the different expressions that I thought I could read into those panels. So mm-hmm. just a, a thing that I, that's, that's one thing that I have been thinking about. Um, and I mean, obviously still thinking about the ending. I don't really have a whole lot yeah. to say about it. I just think that last time is very good. Covered it. Yeah. But anything from you? Cause that was kind of, that was on my end. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay. We said that the monster, uh, uh, the monster came that night is something that that mm. we originally interpreted as that night being the night that uh Nina shoots Johan but actually the monster came that night was talking about the night where Nina was taken from the three frogs sure. we just didn't know that yet and it's because there's two quite distinct that nights in monster yeah so there I would almost even argue a, there's three that nights because, like, the start of the story is another one, right? Where Tenma does the original kind of. I mean, but, like, yeah. the two pivotal that ones one are. Yeah. That one gets referenced. Yeah. That one gets referenced a little less. And I, well, I guess that's uh, the same night uh, that Nina that Nina shoots Johan. I'm, <laughs> I'm incorrect. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. When, Tenma, when Tenma does the surgery, that's the night that Nina oh, shoots Johan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The surgery. That was I the thought, night I thought I was you meant the night that uh, that you gets Oh shot. no! Like, I mean that's that's not, that's not that pivotal. Night. No, I mean it is, yeah. but it's no. it's not. It is and it's not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. We've got we've got some we've got some stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got a few fun things here. Do we want to start with with some fan casts? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Do we want to start with just straight like we're doing a movie? And then we can do because uh, we had joked about like the Muppets one before, and that was like that was fun <laughs> to do. But I, I did enjoy I did enjoy the Muppets one. Yeah, I I liked that uh, as well. Okay, let's okay, um, let's go to let's go to let's go to IMDb. I don't know. Oblata? Let's go like is, there's a there's a website where you can do fan casting. 
Oh, is there really? Yeah. Um, let me find it because I know for the oh, book man. of the new sun, people my, were like, my, my gain is, is so, is so that's fine. Mycast.io, fan casting your favorite stories. Oh, and then this will be good because we can rank other people's, like, if they exist. Is oh, fucking great. Okay, let me. I'm gonna. Well, I don't want to. If I search for it, is it immediately gonna pop up? Uh, no, I don't see it in here. I see a lot of. Godzilla. Monster High. There's yeah. a lot of monster. People are going absolutely crazy with fan casting Monster High. Wild. I tell That's you. crazy. Next page. Let's just see. Oh, hold on. I found it. You did. It's there. Yeah. Monster fan casting roles. This story does not. Do you want me to copy it? Do I have to copy was it? Was it the second page? Where does it show up? Uh, It was on maybe page three or something. Page three. Okay. I'm I'm almost there. Monster, lots of Monster High. You're right. This is crazy. Here it is, Monster. Okay, story with forty rolls. Monster High is. Okay, uh, I don't want to see that one. I don't want to see that one. How do I? How do I just do a blank one? Stop! 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 stop. (laughs) I can't be poisoned by knowledge. Um, What do you mean, burden? What? (laughs) Well, I don't want to see what other people have done because then it will it will influence my. uh, That's true. Okay, hold on. How do I do a new one? We're doing this live, folks. For you. Yeah. I do jump to a character. The story does not allow. Do I have to log in or register? I don't know. I, I don't think this one lets us do the thing. I'm going to try it. I'm logging in as me on this website. Oh, man. I'm creating an account. <laughs> well, that's logging in. How's everyone doing with uh, with spooky season? All of you guys having fun? Quinn, are you? Oh, do you have any? Oh, this is a weird fan cast. This is actually a weird one. We're gonna. I'm gonna review we gotta talk this about person's this fan cast because it's weird. The main thing that's weirding me out about this is the idea. Okay, no, this person's absolutely what a goon. Uh, Wolf, <laughs> Wolfgang Grimmer. They have suggested Matt Smith. Really. You tell me what kind of fucking sense that makes. Uh, well, right next Quinn, to here's it, the thing. I don't think it's no. completely off base. I mean, I think it's completely off base. I would go for, I mean, like, would you put just now purely for in the in the realm of um, Doctor Who's, would you put like any of the other? Would you put like Eccleston or um, Tennant above as Matt Gr- Smith as, as Grimmer? As Grimmer specifically, or yeah, specifically yeah, yeah. casting? Specifically, what Doctor we're, Who we're casting Grimmer. a Doctor Who as Grimmer is okay. what we're doing. Here. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I would definitely put Eccleston above. Okay. I would even put Tennant above. I I'm thinking tall, lanky man. I almost exactly. well, Bill Skarsgård is too young. Oh, he has a brother. He has a brother. One of the the older Skarsgård, the one that's in Succession. Um, what's his name? He's too handsome. I think is the thing. That's uh, what's that guy's name? Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. Let me copy this man's image. Let's see. Yeah, that's not it. I mean, but maybe it's it. I, I'm not sure. Uncertain. <laughs> this person has uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Peter Chopek. Really? 
I th- I feel like this is off. I feel like this guy's. Oh, off. if the you click on the characters, it shows yeah, there's a get, whole bunch of this is interesting. Okay. Yeah, sometimes uh, this story does not allow contributions. You sons of bitches. I do like uh, that they've listed say... the evil older brother from Stranger Things, uh, who is my favorite character on that show. Uh, he's so he's the he is uh bottom of the charts for Johan Liebert. <laughs> I think um, I think their suggestion of Toby Jones as the baby is spot fucking on. That's good, actually. I like I do like that. Toby Jones like as that, the baby. That is that is correct. Um, I think that's definitely correct. I, Toby Jones. I wonder if he, you think he ever gets tired of uh, playing the same role. Being, yeah, fan casted or being cast as as the little evil man. Yeah. He's, it's gotta you know, be frustrating. Every, every role he gets, he's like, "I am the little man with the little glasses." And I he, do he usually has things. a little bit of an ambiguous German accent thrown in there yeah, too. Yeah, it, uh-huh. it happens to him all the time. Yeah, poor um, guy. Yeah, but it's hey, look, good interesting that one of the it. roles in this is director, and they have like people who they would want to direct this. I think that's oh, wild. Man. That is fucking fascinating. Yeah, really have that. Uh, um. With this this website is showing Fincher, which I mean we've talked about Fincher a bunch. We've talked um, about Fincher. And we've I know, talked and about Fincher for months. Del Toro's number two because I know that he has talked about wanting to adapt it. I think in in TV, but he, he Del Toro wants to adapt right literally choice. everything is the thing. Yeah, Any story Toro, that people like Del Toro has said like I would love, love to him for it. Yeah, but the thing with Del Toro is that he's just nowhere near grounded enough for something like this. No. Like, he would make it way too stylistic, and it's just not a very strongly stylized show. Yeah. Um, uh, I do think Mads Mikkelsen as Klaus Papa kind of fucks. Yeah, I think that I think that works. Because um, you can do scary, young uh, Papa, and then you can do current day, um, yeah. older Papa. This yeah, is... Definitely. See, this is tricky now, just like looking at this, because I... Well, I don't recognize a lot of these actors. I don't know who most of these yeah, people are. This person knows creatures. Yeah. Um, this person definitely knows some creatures. Uh, Hugo Weaving as Lunga. I do that one is that one's pretty good. Like I I prefer that cast? over Cumberbatch. I prefer that over who else is in here. Um. Oh, I said I said Keanu, and he's in here. He's down near the bottom. He was he was the one that I pulled as Lunga. That was like the yeah, just purely based on the John Wick Lunga sequence at the end of the last one. Um, Yeah, interesting. Okay, how do we literally? I don't think we can do this. Is the thing the the website is not letting us. The website doesn't want to. The one thing it's supposed to do is not letting us do. (laughs) Okay, let's just let's do let's do. The five main ones, I think, is what we'll do. And I've said five, not even thinking about who those five would be. Um, well, and this is tricky because, like, I don't even know who I who I would want to cast as like a Johan is the thing. Um, so maybe not start there. And then same with Tenma. I don't really know. Yeah, because we need you need we need to find a, a Japanese American actor, and I don't have a lot of. Those uh, yeah, and that's market. like that's this. Now we get into the problem where it's like, well, I don't want to just pick the one that everyone knows. You know, I I don't think my pocket, well, I don't my knowledge yeah. of actors is not actually deep enough to do this in a substantial. I way. don't think I don't um, think mine is either. I'm so d- we're good. Let's do the Muppets then. Okay, the Muppets. This is better. Okay, Johan Liebert. Um, is it Scooter? <laughs> 
<laughs> that is what I said, isn't it? I think you oh, did. Oh, man. Because um, who else is there? It wouldn't be... I'm trying Okay, to... hold on, hold on. I've got a, I've got a nice big list of... Of the of Muppets. Muppets yeah. characters here. Of, of like, we've got, we've got a lot of the... Do they have ones. pictures? Are there pictures in there? They've got pictures. Perfect, got pictures. okay. There's also, they're for the full list of 1,004 catalogs so of the Muppets. Muppets characters. It's a lot of, it's a lot of Muppets. Uh, we don't, uh, we're not going to use all of them. Okay. Um, so... Johan Liebert. Johan Liebert. I, I I do like Scooter. I like Scooter too, is the thing. Yes, yes, Johan. Um the problem is who is the who is the Nina that is opposite Scooter? Is it just Scooter in a blonde wig? <laughs> is it <laughs> Oh uh, uh, let's see. Oh, what about Robin? I mean, Robin. like it, it's it's technically a gen. Is it well? Wait, maybe Robin. Should Robin's be... Kermit's ne- nephew, right? Oh wait, no. Robin is Robin is a uh, Dieter. Uh, yes, Robert is Robin is Dieter because Kermit is Doctor Tenma, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Robin is Dieter. Okay. Uh, okay, we got some good stuff now, uh, and we agreed that Tenma is the one human, right? I think, well, I don't know. Do we make Lunga the one human? Or do we make Tenma the one human? It's, oh. <laughs> oh, because now here's well, my here's my poll. Here's my poll okay. for Grimmer. Okay. Yeah. Bean Bunny. Who the fuck is this? The bunny. The little bunny. You He's. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's, he's like Grimmer. Because him. him and Kermit are like buddy buddy, and that's the thing. That's what. And oh, that's, that's why I say good. Kermit is Tenma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, good. Okay, okay. And then Kermit, Kermit as Tenma actually goes hard. Yes, it does. Um, because then Ava's Miss oh. Piggy, easy peasy. Uh huh. Um, okay, so what about what about Fozzie? Who is Fozzie Bear in this? This is a good question. Okay. Fozzie, Fozzie is Lunga. Is is what I was think. Fozzie Lunga or is Fozzie Doctor Reichfine? No, Gonzo's Dr. Reichfine. <laughs> Gonzo's Dr. Reichfine. Or is Bunsen Honeydew Dr. Reichfine? This is so oh, hard. <laughs> we've, got some real, we've got some real options. Fozzie's here. Richard. Fozzie is Richard. Or is Gonzo Richard? Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think uh I think Rizzo the rat is Richard. Okay. I was gonna cast Rizzo as the baby, but I think Rizzo as Wait, no, Richard Rizzo's is funnier. auto. Rizzo is Otto. You're you're correct. Well, okay. Rizzo is Heckle. Pepe okay. could be Otto. Pepe Pepe is uh well. Rizzo is Richard. Pepe is Otto. I like this. This is good to me, actually. <laughs> so is it now? I guess is it. Uh, this what is, what about what about Rolf as uh as Reichfeind? That's good. I I can get behind he, that. Because he's a big sweetheart. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can get behind that. Do we do Statler and Waldorf as uh, General Wolf <laughs> and the other guy that was there at the beginning? Yes, yes. Statler and Waldorf are the uh, they're the old Nazis. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh, that's so Absolutely. funny. Absolutely. Is Sam okay? Now here's the question. Yeah. Is Sam the Eagle Klaus Papa? <laughs> Or is Sam the Eagle Dr. Lunga, or not Dr. Lunga, Inspector Lunga? The words mean nothing anymore. I've gotten... It's... Miss Piggy is obviously Ava. Obviously. You love Miss Piggy is Ava. Yes. Incredible. Um, It's really good. Uh, The Electric Mayhem in all their glory, uh, 
this this being listeners for those of you listeners who are fucking tuning in for this because yeah, it has just... occurred to me that boy this is a niche segment oh yeah um uh but the electric mayhem being you know monster his name is monster isn't it yeah no, animal animal um, yeah you're right you're right animal in the band that he which is like dr yeah Te- i think their full animal name is dr teeth in the electric mayhem yes sir um love them uh i think they are various serial killers okay oh i do like that that like um right that rudy yeah. is interviewing okay and the do we make beaker rudy and then bunts and honeydew dr reichwein oh i think that's the move oh well it just depends on who would be funniest to cast beaker as yeah that's the thing uh is san roberto actually uh yes actually you're correct sam is sam the eagle is roberto you that's that's the that's the true (laughs) move him playing chess with that crooked cop and then just like (laughs) them saying he lives in a warehouse by himself sam the eagle would live in a in an abandoned warehouse (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um. oh this is so fun um this is it's very good okay are there any major characters that well i mean like you'd cast one of those handsome pigs as martin i think is the thing right like because then you have Miss Piggy and they the the triangle between uh, Martin and Kermit and Miss Piggy and one of those weird handsome pigs that only shows up occasionally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, Bunsen, Waldorf. We're running. We're running out of guys. Yeah. So did we make Fozzie or Gonza Lunga? Which one did we go? Oh, I think we went with uh, Fozzie for Lunga. Okay. So then, do we make Gonzo Doctor Papa or or Class Papa? Oh, wait, that's actually good. Tragic Gonzo? Wait, that's actually yeah, really good. I think so. <laughs> and then, oh, that's because good. this is what makes it so funny. Then you make the mother of the twins Camilla the chicken. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man. Um, okay. Uh, and then, and then uh, the, the Swedish chef. Oh Rose yeah, we Zone. haven't used him yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Him talking to um. <laughs> oh. well, I mean, hold on, I'm trying to figure out how to adapt the the Swedish. I guess I guess he doesn't actually speak. Spoonful just of sugar. Stuff, but can you yeah. imagine, like, yeah, if, like him at a? I can imagine it now. Him in a diner booth, you know, <laughs> saying. As a tear slowly the rolls down his eyes. Yeah, and the subtitles say, "It's easy to kill a man. You just have to forget the taste of sugar." Oh, that's so good! Incredible. <laughs> it's a good combo. Yep, I like this. Oh man. Um. Yeah, that's I, good. Did we say, I think we that's said it. Bunsen was Rudy here, or Beaker was Rudy. I was gonna put Bunsen as Rudy. Or no, no, no. Bunsen is Bunsen is Reichwein because yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. we always said Reichwein's like the warm, caring character, and I think Bunsen. Honeydew we, wait, can... wait, wait, I thought we said was that was that Rolf? Oh, did we make Rolf Doctor Reichwein? Oh man, we should have been writing this. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Our listeners have been have been paying attention. Um, oh yeah. Now here's sure. my vote. Here's my vote for human characters. Actually, we make yeah. the Lada Carl Shewald stuff the three human characters because it's like when it happened, we're like, what is going on here? This is so out of place. That's, and I think in the Muppet really movie, funny. if you cut to all of a sudden we're on a college campus with real people, then it's just like, like <laughs> what is going like, all on? Of their focus on money. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. Geez. That I, is that is good. Okay. I think we've mined we'll that, that bit. Yeah. We'll call that good. Uh thanks for thanks for joining in everybody. That one was fun. 
Ah, uh, that's good. Okay, we've got that. Uh, the reading tier list. So we've got we've got eighteen. Eighteen readings. readings. I'm gonna um, look at the episode see. list to kind of help me remember. Yeah. Okay. So here's how I think we should do this, right? We'll start at the top, and then we can say where we think that one goes. So we'll each kind of, you know, control C, control V, and yeah, into yeah, the, yeah. Um, and we're each gonna do it. You know, we'll have our own tier list, is what will happen here. So here, let me actually, I will just copy this, and I'll take the, I'll take this one on the on the bottom in a car. Yeah. Okay, so you've got the top, I've got the bottom in our in our little document here. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so starting at the top, Air Dr. Tenma, first reading. This is the, it's the, I mean, uh, pilot movie. This is the yeah, No Lives Are Worth More Than Another, uh, the the fateful night of operating on Johan instead of the mayor. I think, does this one end with Junkers getting killed? Uh, something like that. Okay. We've talked before. I mean, it's around there. the initial discussion on this one was when we read it, you're like, well, you know, every time I reread the story, this is like a chore to get through. Um, it and really is. coming to uh, it fresh, I, I, I was, I, I was yeah. kind of, I was impressed by it and then had the same feeling when we tried watching the anime. So, um, yeah, like it's good the first time through, but then once you're past, you realize that the story isn't actually about almost any of this, then it's kind of like this is a lot of time spent on something that. I, it's a lot of investments in things that don't actually come to fruition. Right. So you know? And so that kind of makes it feel like it's wasting a little bit of time. I was also going to put it at B tier. I see you're, you're putting it there. Yeah. I think that's because it's, it's like, I don't think it's bad, but I think it is no, kind of, no. yeah, it's uh, it's funky. So, okay. Yeah. Do you want okay. to recap Tenma. two for us? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So true crime 10, but here's, here's where we test our, our, uh, <laughs> memories because mm -hmm. this is a year ago now um true crime tenma is like oh this is the whole thing this is this is nina this is nina's introduction yes um and all of that stuff and the murders of the grandma in heidelberg and the, mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely oh that's that's a really really good volume mm -hmm. like i that's going straight to I think that's going to S. Honestly. I yeah, I was I was like, do I put it in A? Do I put it in S? I think I'm going to put it in S because this one is also the volume that ends with the story of the mercenary who teaches Tenma how to shoot. Which like that's yeah, a, that's a good. It's... I've come around on that a little bit. I think since we initially talked about it. Yeah, I, I think that I think that volume two, you know, because this is still in the episodic, like, or this kind of actually begins the episodic section. Yeah. Of monster, and I think it's the strongest of the episodic section of monsters. It's one of the strongest. Um, it's it's up there for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, the introduction, Mina, that whole that the whole deal uh, in in Heidelberg is just so fucking good. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and and Mauer, you know, you got. Her oh Mauer, yeah, forgot about him. He's who, good. Who we did not cast a uh, a Muppet for. <laughs> <laughs> um uh okay uh frontier dr tenma this one is mm -hmm. this one's there's a bunch of stuff that happens in here this is where yeah, this is kind of tenma, just like jumping around here tenma meets otto and dieter here tenma goes to the country and works with that doctor who is in love with yeah. the lady um and uh -huh. this is where where the only solution to this problem is racism uh where the cop says that he just mistook a different japanese man for for tenma um yeah. This one I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put this. I think this is also well. This might even be a C for me because there's moments that I like in this I one. I was thinking, 
Yeah, but it, it doesn't it doesn't stand out a whole awful lot. Right. It's it is it's a patchwork of what one. we've Yeah, and it, it feels a little wheel spinning. Like Yeah. Um, okay. Monster Four Firefighter Tenma. Mm, this of course being in Frankfurt where we have the baby and uh and all of that stuff. I mean this one's honestly insane yeah this is going straight to it's S- for me oh this is going to s tier for me because this is there's there's um i think that the turkish quarter fire is incredible this one also ends this is where Rosso and nina have their you know spoonful oh, of sugar God. one that's the end that of this is, volume oh, which fuck. okay you know I this is an s tier yeah uh-huh. that is it that is s tier this is so like the first is that... time in the story where it's like oh okay <laughs> this is doing some stuff because it's like yeah, the introduction totally. of the neo-Nazis. We have Nina coming back and it's like, whoa, Nina's here. And she's doing stuff with the baby. Um, yeah, she's doing this. That's action hero. And they and they and this is where like someone's leaving in a boat at the end of this volume. And they're running like along the canal. Like, don't kill him. It's okay. Whatever. Like, yeah. good stuff. On the minus side, it's also the one where they introduce the split personality concept. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, God, I love how hard that got dropped yeah i love how much that did not go anywhere in the story they didn't even stick with it it's so good that that's how that happened yeah uh csi tenma i think this, this is where we're gonna a... have our first disagreement actually on yeah, on I ranking I, think, I remember this one being like a little bit slower like i do really enjoy the sequence referenced in the name but on the whole i don't know i i might put this in c I'm going to put this, so I'm actually putting this as an A. Um, I like this a lot. It's doing procedural stuff. It is doing, this is where Rudy gets introduced. We have the sequence in the carnival that I think that's where we drew the name from, where they, you know, Tenma slips away. Um, And I think that's the bulk of this one. Um, And we get Rudy talking to some serial killers in this one and like visiting that house. I like this one a lot. So this is A tier for me. I'm I'm putting it higher than Uh you. Okay. See a, okay, that's CSI Tenma. Lucky Dr. Tenma. I've got to look at the volume, um, honestly, for this one, because I don't, I believe, I've got to flip through. I think Lucky Dr. Tenma is the volume with the, uh, the Vietnamese community and also with all of the, not Vienna. Is it Vienna? No, it's not Vienna. That's an Austrian. <laughs> what was it thinking? Vienna. Uh... The other town, town that's got the town's got Carl and Lada. I don't know. Yeah. So looking at the, I've got, so this is the second Mm -hmm. half of Perfect Edition 3. This starts with Lunga and Tenma, like when they're, when Lunga gets that guy who's like the accountant who's committed the crime and that dude shoots him. And there's like, they Uh have their standoff in the warehouse a little bit and Tenma does the first aid on Lunga. So that's how this one starts. Mm -hmm. Then there's, um, Ava and Roberto doing their assault on the picnic. Oh my gosh. That's in here where we get the line of ants that's is introduced. In that's in here. That's crazy that it's only a third of the way into the story. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh-huh. And then we've got um Man, the pacing the pacing of this story just like gets more and more compact as the further in. You get. Yeah, it does. Cuz like, then the end of this like you said it is the stuff with Carl and Lada and Johan and Schuwald. We're ending with them going to the forest, so you know, where Johan tells okay. them that he hears the birds. Right, which I, I think I'm willing Johan telling him that yeah. he hears the birds. This is I had forgotten oh, about shit, this when I talked right. about my, right. you know, Johan's psychic projection thing cuz I think I had talked about it there and you're like, "No, I think he's just like they're imagining it." 
but no, but you're and right. I, no, I, I think gotta, you're right. They are imagining it, but it does lend credence to my, um, you know, this is the vision that Johan sees, and that's his power. Is he can he can show people the the world that he imagines or whatever. Um, so that that's a weird one. So looking at thinking about that though, because like Ava's return being here, one of these volumes that we've already ranked has Ava and the Gardener and like Ava's downfall, which like those are all great stuff too. So that's that's scattered in here. What a what a full story this is yeah it's it is beefy yeah i might give it an a tier like a low a yeah i think i'm gonna put this well have i ranked anything a yet yeah you have six i have have five five. yeah i think this is just as good as the previous one for me so i'm gonna put this also an a yeah okay so that's lucky dr tenma then we have tenma's return and so this is the one that's mostly dealing with all of the Carl and Lotta shoe vault stuff. I really like this one. Um, I I just really enjoy that whole plot line, even though it wrapped up in a weird way. Yeah. I'm going to give that an A tier myself. I think I'm putting this one at B, actually. Um, it was, not it was that I don't, for me. Not that I don't like it um because i do i just remember the i the the thing that was a bummer for me in this that soured a large portion of the section was carl has his heart to heart with his foster parents and then immediately i know dumps them i um, know it's a huge it is a huge yeah that's a bummer a bummer um yes. okay so now we're on to monster eight uh, I am Tenma. Tenma, I am. This is what where the Lunga, fuck happens. Well, Lunga here. does his I am Tenma, I am a Japanese man. And he goes to karaoke. Oh. <laughs> um, that's that's where this is. Um, and he... I am a Japanese man. I'm alone. I am a Japanese yeah. man. Um, I don't remember. Here, I got to look at the... I'm looking at the volume now to see what is the... Yeah, yeah. One, what two, else? Three, four, You've five, got all, six, your, seven. all your... Yeah, they're all stacked right, right there uh, next to me. That was that's a good idea. I should have done that, uh, but um, I didn't, and I'm not going to. Wait, so. hang on, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It looks like the Richard stuff was also in the uh, the one we just did, Tenma's Return. Oh my fuck! Well, there you go. Well, then, so that okay, might well, move it up, it up for to me. A, then. Yeah, yeah, I think that bumps it up. Uh, oh yeah, it is in there. All the Richard stuff is in there. Man, yeah. we love Richard in this. We house. love Richard. Big fans of Richard. That's moving up Rest to A. R.I.P. Richard. Um. Okay, so then the back half of this one is, oh, and that's also the stuff that ends because the Richard stuff is where we get Johan working with these children, pushing them off buildings, like, uh, rough stuff. Um, okay, it looks like the back half of this one is. I mean, it just looks like preparation for the next volume um we've got it's more was this vienna was where the university was it's like nina and tenma have both shown up at this point and is it fucking vienna is that where it is i was saying earlier that i don't think it's vienna i don't know where it is (laughs) i don't think it is vienna it's um because like i this is yeah nina and lada have their hangout here um and i like that chapter a lot um tenma's acquiring a sniper rifle and talking with the nazi in the woods um Dieter and that kid walk along the top of the building uh johan passes out when he finds the picture book 
and they kill fake Margot Langer. I think that's the end of that volume. That's a weird one. I'm going to... Hmm. That is a weird one. This all feels like it's advancing the plot is the thing. Like, we learn a lot, I think, in these chapters. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I might honestly put that in D. I'm going to give this a C is where I'm putting this. Just because, like, the fact that neither of us could really remember aside from... Because the, 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 how yeah. I named it is, like, that's the last chapter of the reading. So there's not, like, a whole dang lot that happens in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a, a lot specifically happening. And then you go to Scaredy Cat Tim and you're like, oh, I remember exactly oh, what that's yeah. talking about. Never will forget you any know. of that. Burned into my brain. That's S tier for sure. This is the this is the the season one finale. There the the midpoint. Yeah. Um oh, sorry you, I put that, put that in, that in mind. Yeah. But, but it's all but I'm also putting it in S tier, so that's okay. <laughs> you know, ten on top of the bookshelf, the fire in the library. Yeah, I mean that's one of the best ones. I think that's this is so, also where so we have so cool. Lada say, Why does this book make me feel so terrible? Like the reveal yeah. of the actual book is in here. I think we get the text of the uh-huh. story. Yeah, that's like man S tier. Incredible, fantastic. We now we have more stuff in S tier than anything else. I'm also going to move know, eight down into D is the thing, just because. Not that it's bad. Yeah, right? I just uh, yeah. well, I mean, it's 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 in D like for for monster, yeah, right? Like yeah, yeah, in yeah. context with other monster. Uh huh. Okay, monster ten x doctor Tenma. I'm not a I'm not a doctor anymore. This is the introduction to Grimmer, and we fucking love Grimmer. Is this also, and this is Grimmer's meeting with the Nazi who is doing a new experiment to love children. Um, um, I think, I don't know if that's in this one or the next one. Okay, let me set these down and pop this open. Um... Yeah, on the train. Yeah, this is in this one. Grimmer following that guy. That's like the second half of this volume. Um, and then he, this is, this one ends with, this is how Grimmer gets, uh, we get introduced to Jan Suk here at the end of this one. This is the back half of this one is Grimmer and Jan Suk. Where like, because uh, the, the people that get, Grimmer goes uh, Magnificent Steiner at the end of this volume. And then that begins the, oh, oh, that this begins is the this secret police arc. I'm yeah. going to give this in, I'm going to give this an A. Yeah, I think this is I think this is A for me as well. Yeah. I mean that sequence cuz I I talked about I talked about my uh, encountering that sequence as a child in a hotel room. Uh-huh. Uh I mean that that just that experience alone puts that into into A for me. It's such a interesting feeling to remember mm-hmm. that. Um after image of Tenma trying to remember this one first half of volume five man okay it looks like i'm trying to see where this one ends is the thing of one two three hang on i just need to look at the episode description actually <laughs> yeah to see what chapters we said that this one covers. yeah that'll do it um 11. Okay, that's chapter 87 through 95. Okay, it looks like the last mm-hmm. chapter of this one is 
Uh, okay. This one ends with Tenma and uh, Grimmer and uh, Mr. Reinhardt showing up at the hospital and listening to the tape that had been left with Yansuk's mother. So other stuff that happens in here uh, is Nina and Dieter go to the Three Frogs. This is mostly like Tenma mm-hmm. and Grimmer hanging out, trying to figure out how to get him out of this secret police business. And Yansuk is I'm, this I'm is like a this C, one a C tier. Yeah, yeah, it's a C. Um, Just like... Eh, like there's nothing bad here, but this is we said wheel spinning already. Yeah, out. yeah. Okay. All right. Smile consultant Tenma. Now this one I feel like I do remember. Yeah, I mean this is Johan sends that yeah, boy is... into the red light district in this one. Um... Uh huh. And this is and it's where you know it's it's where we really get to learn more about Grimmer's backstory. This is going into B for me. Yeah, the other thing that it looks like happens in here is it looks like Inspector Ling is on vacation now. Ah, um, uh, yes. And I'm trying to see if this is where he starts breaking into the house because, like, that's an all-time... Yeah, he, he's broken down the door here. This is Lunga with a shovel. Um, I think this is s tier for me whoa really? yeah i'm putting this up there um i like this i like this segment a lot i think it's paced really well i think it's, it, i think it's exciting i think the red light district stuff like as horrifying as it is i think that's oh it gets it a wait, good no, moment the shootout the shootout is next no the shootout is this time the okay, well, the, the assault is... yeah with Gr- no I think the Grimmer shootout has already happened the Grimmer and Souk where they're in the room with the with the desk oh, flipped that over is, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was the right, previous right. chapter yeah because then okay. we've got uh this is this is I'm putting this one at the, this next one at the bottom <laughs> this is yeah. maybe my least favorite segment um, Absol- I think I think it is also mine Prison Break Tenma this is of course it's the one that it's definitely the one that we had the most complaints about yeah by far we were most negative on this one and that is still true yeah so we go from Tenma gets picked up at the end of the previous chapter and then this one is him in jail breaking out with um the guy who wants to go to Tunisia and then there there's the segment with uh the the Pulp Fiction characters that I mean I like that segment with the 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 girlfriend and boyfriend that he gets run yeah, over by the car that. that thing by itself mm-hmm. is a really good chapter it's it's a fun sequence but that's not enough to save the rest of the reading from bad pacing no so prison break time uh, ftr for me yeah agreed tenma with a gun in, in a, a car, car. uh <laughs> <laughs> okay uh the only thing i remember about this i think is the beginning right when it's like tenma's uh with ten minutes with it has a gun in a car with the lawyer with Verdeman. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is all the like Verdeman stuff is in here too. I'm giving this one C. I feel like. Yeah. Um. I'm flipping through. Just oh, actually, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, hold on. What else happens here? Okay. Um. Let me make sure I've got the chapter count. See now, I, I'm loving. I'm liking that we're doing this actually because now the listeners actually know. Now you guys know how my memory is mm-hmm. so bad when it comes to. Source. Okay, so yeah, this one starts where we said it's it's Tenma holding Verdamin with a gun in the car. We've got yeah. then we have Nina with Lipsky. Um, okay, and more Nina at the Red Rose Mansion. Cool. 
she's remembering a lot. That's like honestly the majority of this is is Nina and Lipsky, General Wolf dying. I feel like this is going into C. And Martin shows up at the end of this. the The last chapter of this is the first Martin chapter. Oh, that's not enough to save it. Yeah, I think it's I'm gonna going put it C. at B because I do like the Lipsky stuff because this is where we have our you know the thing that's going on our shirt. They're blackpilling the kids because um, well, uh, we, we get the different we oh, get Lipsky reading the three or four different stories. Right? Let me okay, read you another. Okay. Let me read you another. Like oh, I like that segment a lot. Yeah, that's in here. Oh, okay, then yeah, that's that's B tier for sure. Yes. Um. Okay. Yeah. All right. NPC ten. This is the Martin NPC stuff. 10. Yeah, this is. Oh, that's that's going into that's <laughs> it's A tier. It's S. Oh, it's, it's okay. I, it's I it's A for Martin. me. I love Martin. I love Martin enough for it to be S. Okay. And then okay, three more. Now we're we're at the end. This is the most recent stuff. Wow. Okay, airplane engineer Tenma. A. Uh, I think I'm going to put the, I'm trying to think if I like this more or less than 17. This is going to be where, that's how I determine where it goes, I think. I think less, but that's because I really, really love the ending of this story. I love everything in Rubenheim. I think I, I think I liked this more than the beginning of the Rubenheim, Rubenheim stuff. Um, so I'm going to put this at, honestly, but I think I put both of those at B. I'm putting both, I'm putting both of them in A. Okay. I'm putting them both at B is what I'm doing. And then monster 18 S tier. Yeah. The ending's S tier. So, um, yeah, we glossed over. So yeah, 16 was, uh, all the, the assassination 17s were in Ruinheim. 18's the finale. 18's S tier. Okay. Yeah. Man, cool. Okay, yeah. So S tier. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good spread for monster. I think so. The ten out of ten out of eighteen are an S and A, right? So, like, I think it's a good spread. I think monster uh, did did good here. I think it's a good, good manga. Good is, job, is monster, where we landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we I think we think monster is pretty good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So next up. Uh, Matt said, Matt has a note here. Maybe we imagine better ends for some of the tragic characters or we do some light AU stuff. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, because we talk about, we made jokes about death flags and things like that and how there's so many characters. Yeah. I mean, starting back with the the crooked cop that gets killed by, that uh, gets killed by Roberto as him and Nina are like whipping along a, a seaside cliff or whatever. Uh, uh-huh. You know, like he just wanted to be a good stepdad, um, and then all the way to you know, poor Grimmer, you know, dying yep. in this village. Uh, now a lot of the, we there's not a lot of happy endings for characters in Monster. Um, no. So I think kind of for some of those guys, or just like like I said, in general, if we want it, because AUs are so popular, right? Like if we imagine, who doesn't love an AU? Love an AU? A different ways to set this. Yeah. So, well, where's my monster coffee shop AU? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Okay, because <laughs> is is what? Lunga the regional manager of the coffee shop chain? Oh my god! And then oh Doctor Reich finds like the regular who he just he sits and he's working on his little laptop. Uh-huh. Over okay, in the all corner. right, right. So and then Johan, 
Johan is a guy that has a vendetta against the coffee shop and is constantly, like, finding crazy people and telling them how good this coffee shop is because he knows they're going to cause problems at the coffee shop. Okay, interesting, interesting. And, of course, um, Nina is working at the coffee shop. It's all a very, you know, it's... it's Shewald is a hedge a fund owner. Carl and Lada fall in love <laughs> at the coffee shop. And Carl's like, oh, Dad, you need to invest man. in this in this coffee shop oh, chain. Um, well, okay, so who's, who's Tenma? Is Tenma, like, the local manager? Like, he manages this I coffee shop? I think he shop? is the local manager. Um, That's pretty I good. just I can I imagine like... Tenma carrying bags of coffee beans very easily. Like, big sacks of coffee beans. Um, oh, totally. Grimmer is totally. everyone's favorite regular, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that Richard is still a detective. He just comes into. The oh, that's shop fun! I like that. Coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anyone that we? Yeah, missed? I think I think a lot of these. I think a lot of these characters are like they can be the same. They just come into the coffee shop. Yeah, you know. Um. <laughs> <sighs> so silly. Who else do we? Okay. Uh, what are the other? Po- I mean, coffee shop is like the most popular AU. I'm trying to think if there's everybody other... loves a coffee shop AU. Yeah. Uh, what about like? What is what does sci-fi monster look like? Okay, that's interesting. I think it's See now we're And sci-fi, not cyberpunk. Because cyberpunk honestly doesn't look much different than this one. No. Cyberpunk um, would be pretty As similar. evidenced as evidenced by Pluto, which Gr- is essentially cyberpunk monster. Grimmer would be a cyborg, I think is like one of the only things that <laughs> he has part cyborg. And uh, and Lunga is just a robot that's like not even like a human looking robot, just like a big old trash can or something. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so that's the cyberpunk. And then we've got if we're doing that's sci-fi it. now, are we doing Star yeah. Wars sci-fi or are we doing Expanse sci-fi? I oh, I actually well, I was thinking more more expanse style, but now that you mentioned, because if we it, do, I, I think that Star Wars, Star is Wars, like Nina and Johan are twins that are extremely powerful force users. Um, whoa, Johan is you know oh. dark side. Nina is, and she's been like repressing her force abilities because of this horrible trauma. Yeah. Um. So. They okay, and- so so Tenma so Tenma starts out as being in the employment of the Empire. Okay, and then and then he defects to the rebellion. Okay, good. I like this. You see, or rather, maybe he maybe he just defects. Like he doesn't fully join the rebellion either. He's just like I can't I can't do. Both this sides Empire are looking shit. for him. Is the thing here? Because then we've got yeah, like General totally. Wolf is a is a is a moth or something, and then um the baby is a is a hut or something like that that's in charge of some planet absolutely Uh, you know and so and so it's like johan is kind of like this sith in hiding mm -hmm. you know like like and all the people all the people in the empire like talk about him and whispers like oh he's going to come and he's going to come and save us and and wipe out the rebellion once and for all yeah um you know, and then you've got you've got Reichfein is kind of he's like a, a rebel guy. Yeah, he's like a, he's a mm-hmm. he's maybe yeah. an Admiral Akbar, one of those guys. I'm on Calamari. Yes, totally. Um, Otto is of course a smuggler. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a fun just ship. A he's wearing, he just he's just Han Solo, but short is the thing. He's wearing Literally, the same little Matt, jacket. I was about to say the same thing. He has the same vest and everything. Oh man, um, who's a droid in here? <laughs> 
Oh man, who's a droid? Is Dieter well, like the little chopper or R two D two? Yeah, I, I think so. Dieter, but it also feels a little mean to make also him a droid. Have a lot of sympathy for droids. Well, he, now here's the thing: Yoan's whole thing. thing is rights for children. What if, and it's like that rights is a, that is a thing we can, yeah, huh? Droids rights. Oh, that's Johan really is like good a weird because droid rights uh-huh. are a weird fucking thing in Star Wars. Okay, this They're is weird. good. This is actually turning out uh, surprisingly, surprisingly. Um, okay. 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 Who okay. else do we need to throw um, in here? Let's see. The mercenary guy. You know, you got oh bounty hunters. Think... Yeah, you've got Roberto yeah, as like that, a, maybe got... Roberto's got Mandalorian armor. Like he's a, he's a Boba Fett. <sighs> That's so cool. I think he is. I oh, but then does that really also cool. make Grimmer like maybe a... I hate that everyone's Mandalorians now. is like a modern Star Wars problem that I have. Mandalorians used to be cool oh, because yeah. we didn't know anything about them. Every time I learn something new about Mandalorians, I hate them more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, don't think, I don't think Grimmer's a Mandalorian. I don't think he is. <laughs> um, I think he's... God, he could be any any number of... of... He's probably also he's a Jedi. I think Grimmer is like a he's like oh, a Grimmer's post order sixty six Jedi. Jedi. Like uh, like yeah, a, and like a he doesn't have a lot of yeah. access to the Force because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of access to his emotions. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, so this is perfect. Thing. He's killed his and emotions goes, because of right, the Jedi Order. Then, but then when he goes, but then when he goes into Steiner mode, then he can use the Force. Mm-hmm. But it's dark Force. Ooh, and maybe he can he maybe he can do a little bit of Force lightning. Ooh-hoo. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. Damn, damn. This is pretty good. This is this pretty is good. good. This is fun. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, is I there think, anyone else uh, that we've missed that we need to talk about? I don't about? think we've really spent enough time with Lunga yet. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't think Lunga's with the Empire. I don't think he is. Like, I it think would make you're sense correct. That he would be. I think he is. I think he is specifically a bounty hunter that the Empire employs. Okay. I was... It, Bounty Hunter works. The other thing I was thinking is, I think in canon it's established that the Senate continues to exist after the rise of the Empire, but they don't really do a whole lot. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if he's like a part of... Some, he's like a government bureaucrat or something in this kind of, you know, in this... Yeah. Uh, Vichy's not... Like, Vichy's not the right thing, right? Where it's like Vichy France. Is it... Is that the oh, right look, term okay. for this? I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where it's like I the Senate... It continues right. to exist in name only, but it's like... Yeah, you know, um, I can see him as being some kind of like one of the last vestiges of a, of yeah. a governmental arm. Uh-huh. I think that's cool. Because um, yeah. I because then it you is, get into there's some of the fun stuff about like prequel era Republic, like how all the problems that are there, right? And it's like kind Definitely. of him continuing to exist in this weird bureaucratic web. Um, yeah, Yon Suk is obviously like a young. A rebellion officer oh like yeah. he's a pilot uh-huh, you know uh-huh he flies a uh, he'd be an x-wing pilot i think is the thing oh he'd be an x-wing pilot yeah so for sure i can, he's I got can a... see him in a uh in an a-wing no we don't have well. any wookies in here is the thing that i've oh, noticed that is a good point okay let's think about this. <laughs> what if we make martin a wookie <laughs> this fucking noir ass <laughs> that's pretty good oh uh, that's that is actually really fun this I, is good. I don't i don't mind that this is good no i think it's good okay i think it's good i i think that covers i think that covers it most that's a good idea yeah good stuff good <laughs> 
Get stuff it, there, it turns out it's harder to imagine happy endings for the characters in Monster rather than just taking the framework of this story with all of its tragedy and sticking it into other genres. Because um, like, the really more I think about I, it, yeah. I don't think I want them to have happy endings. Oh, I, I don't know. I could stand Grimmer to have a I could stand ending. Grimmer to have a happy ending, but like the parts that I think about the most, like the Rosso stuff, yeah. the I mm-hmm. do really like that. Cro- like I keep talking about the Crooked Cop, but I liked that segment a lot when we read you it. Really do like like Messner's story. Um, yeah. and then uh, like Richard too. Like all that stuff's tragic and terrible. But oh, you know what the the Crooked Cops? What they are is they're just like a couple of fucking stormtroopers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's like a couple of stormtroopers, and then. And then they try to get out of the stormtroopy life. Yeah. You know, and then the Messner retires on some like resort planet. Yeah. With where Anakin and Padme got married in those prequel movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, did I ever tell you about the. uh, I played a game of Dungeon World once uh, that was set. It was like a science fantasy world, and I set it on a space Miami. Oh, fantastic. That was a good game. We spent the first session stealing one of our PCs drug van out of an impound lot. Awesome. It was so good. Um, you made it to Space Miami and Andorra, right? Like when you were watching it when you were here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. If Monster was written today, how would it be different? Okay. I mean, on the one on one hand, I will say... I think this is actually a surprisingly difficult question to answer because I think it's really modern. And it's it is. Um, I think, like, compared to, compared to say, cable TV stuff from the era, uh, I think it holds up significantly better. And at the very least, its conventions line up more with modern conventions than a lot of its contemporaries. Sure. Do you think, I mean, because when it's written, it is not a period piece, but it becomes right. a period piece you know by the fact that it's set in a very specific era it's dealing with a lot of like um you know in the 90s like globalization is really happening there's you know at post fall of the berlin wall it is of its time i don't think you could i don't think you could change the timing yeah i just i always think about like how post 9-11 media just in general gets really weird and i in college i would joke that like there's no good movies between 2001 and probably like 2007 um which is like i don't think that's a joke i think I, well that's true. i think there's exceptions but like i just think that stuff gets really weird in that zone um and i i, yeah, totally. I find it impossible to imagine a world where 9-11 i mean because i guess we're going to read works that urasawa has written post 9-11 and i don't know how large 9-11 looms over the rest of the world as it does the american consciousness but you're smiling oh, and nodding <laughs> because uh <laughs> Oh yeah, um, Urasawa. Urasawa. There's there's a couple of times when it is explicitly mentioned. Okay. Well, because the other thing is like I think about you know we talked about this as a story about borders and conflicts between nations and stuff like that, and I think like post nine eleven how it just I, we the two of us have grown up in a world where there's it is near constant conflict in the Middle East. Um, Pretty much regimes turning over. Um, I mean like. We don't have to get into it, but like stuff is always happening, and it seems like that is that is just kind of that's what we've grown up with. Um, and I find it, I do, I think I agree with you that I don't really think the story would change too much, but I imagine with how much of a focus there's on refugees, on collapsing borders, stuff like that, I think that would get pulled in 
for like an arc. Yeah. We, you know, we'd have characters come like, from there or. Yeah. Um, well, I think what it would look like if it was written today, right? So monster here has a lot to do with, like you said, sociopolitical tensions or geopolitical tensions, I mm -hmm, should say, mm -hmm. and then also some social stuff. But it has to do with that East and West divide because that's what was really like happening in the world at that time. So if we say that, okay, we're writing it from scratch here, probably it would have significantly more to do with the Middle East and be more about, I mean, honestly, not to get too topical, but I could really see there being like more of an, with an Israel-Palestine angle yeah. being written here instead of East and West Germany, yeah. right? Because that feels like a, obviously, you know, I'm not, I am not equating these situations. No, 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 no. But God. it's impossible to look at what's happening currently yeah. and not immediately think of what yeah. Urasawa's drawing on, you know, with like exactly. World War II, post-World War II. This idea it's... of not knowing who's in the right and who's in the wrong, it being incredibly messy and people trying to live their way through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think there's some real similarities that could be could be drawn on there and would be if it was being written now. Um, the other thing that I think so would I come think up, would the other thing I think would come up, uh, you know, you talking about East and West, uh, it reminded me of, I mean, a large portion, more is like setting, I think, than anything else is there's the alt-right and neo-Nazis that are like major factions oh in this story. And, yeah. you know, that's another thing that like, there's been, it, I mean, I hesitate to say reemergence because it's like, obviously that, that stuff never went away, but it feels like it's a, a recentering. Well, yeah, emerging, I think, is the right word. You know, right. like, it's not restarting. Right. It's just becoming more visible. Because, like, we live in a world where people seriously debate, like, is it okay to punch a Nazi? Which, like, the answer is right. obviously yes, it's always okay to punch a Nazi. Encouraged, um, in fact. Yeah, you should. Nazis should Violence be punched, and they should be afraid to be punched. Sometimes. Yeah, it does. Um, but I think that... I mean, because that's almost kind of like a flavor element in the story more than anything else. Like, it never... I don't know. I don't know if it yeah. ends up the being Nazis as much of a thing. there, and they are clearly condemned, but the story isn't really about them. I think we might... It, they might become more of a going concern, right? Like, if it was kind of... I, uh, I think we might I have Tenma engage with them a little bit more directly on an ideological ground rather than just, yeah. like, here's some guys that I'm going to punch think... and run away from. I think we might have seen the internet play a bit more of a role. Oh, that's a good point. But, I, I mean, I say that, but I also don't really know for sure, because, you know, it would still be a comic book, and spending too much time on the internet and a it's comic never fun. book kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I do think you're right, though, because so much of this is about, like, we're constantly seeing news headlines about Tenma. Tenma's in the news. There's the thing where, like, yeah. all of his patients do the spirit bomb for Tenma. Like, that would be, like, a yeah, hashtag know, justice for like, Dr. Tenma, you know? Like, there would be a sequence where people kept, like, TikToking Tenma, and uh -huh, then Luca uh -huh. would find him from the TikToks. Yeah. There Which would be a kind of sucks he's, describing like, scrolling. that, but, yeah, you're, that is Yeah, but, but it's also kind yeah. of funny, too. It is funny. Luca scrolling TikTok. Yeah. Um, and, like, getting frustrated with it. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. That's a that's interesting. That's interesting stuff to think about. Uh, okay, well, if it was written today, here's the other question: Would they spend as much time on the split personality thing, or would that go out the window? No, invoke that would go, and so would the repressed memory stuff. There, I think, I think it yeah. would still be about Nina trying to remember, but I don't think we would get the drawn out kind of like repressed memory trance sequences that we yeah, have two it, or three it times. Be so so heavy-handed yeah i think it would be handled in the modern yeah. context where it's like you know the way that we talked about where it's the way that that stuff is understood now 
I think it, the scenes yeah. would probably be similar, but they would play out differently. What about what about gender stuff? Oh, that's a good point because that becomes the we didn't really talk about yeah. that in our tier list, but that's and like that's, that's, that's a our, that's, that's our that, bookie man. Yeah, we like, like I said third? like I said before like I said before like. When we started getting to it, I'm like, every time I shut this out of my mind because mm-hmm. I don't like thinking about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? complex. Um, um, it's, it's complicated and ultimately doesn't add very much. Like, it doesn't add a lot of complexity. It adds a couple of interesting moments. Um, but, like... Well, it allows, I think, the, it allows the ending yeah. to happen, right? Which, like, I, I love the ending sequence, right? Where you have... These the, the two yeah. people are flattened into one. Which is which? You know, human lives. Yeah. Which one matters? I, Did she mean to pick is, me? Yeah, you but know, I mean, I, I think probably in a modern context, I think maybe something similar to what happened could still be included. Mm-hmm. It would just have to have been handled with much more delicacy. Well, one of the things that I always thought was kind of interesting in the handling of it was okay, we have. Johan is presented as this person that sees himself as containing both identities, I guess, or like not containing both identities, but it's like him and his sister are the same person. Whereas like for Nina, that's never the way it is. She's just Nina. So I almost wonder like, okay, do we make both of them like non-binary in, in a, in a, in a, in a modern take on this? Do we apply it to both of them, or does that just double the problem? Yeah, see? No, I, yeah. there's no way that's a solution. I don't think it's there's a solution. No way. Um, but I did think it was kind of uh, like I noticed the unevenness in that, I think, that it was like, okay, this is yeah. always applying to Johan, but never to Nina. And he seems to think that it that's should true. apply to her. Um, I could I could definitely, uh, I could see it as like when we see the kids, mm-hmm. like maybe they alternate between both being dressed as a boy and both being dressed sure. as a girl. yeah. You know? Um, that that could that could work. Well, yeah, I I think I would be interested in a modern take on, in particular, the gendered aspects of this manga because gender is a thing here that I just don't think Urasawa really knew what he was playing with. I don't think he actually like, you know, and and again, why would he given given everything? It would be more of a surprise if he did. Um, but. You know, it, it makes me curious what, what it would look like if somebody approached this with more uh with more education and experience in the subject. And so how would they how would they do this? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is a good version of it. I think you can do this in a way that isn't weird and transphobic as it was done here. I agree. Yeah. And uh, so if any of our listeners want to want to write that, um, you know. We'll talk about it. We'll we'll give you a quick uh, shout out on the podcast if you write this because yeah. I want to read it. I would like to read um, it too, and I'm sure probably you know if we dig through the Tumblr mines, we can find some some thoughts on it. Um, but maybe. I don't know how to navigate Tumblr. Is the thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we've got we've got one more. We've got one more fun little AU question, okay. which is: If Monster was a DC comic, how would it function? Yeah. So I added this one because I know that you and I, we talk about DC comics a lot on this podcast. We, we both have read a lot of Batman and a lot of other, mm-hmm. you know, that's like formative comic reading for me, I think is a lot of the DC stuff from the eighties and uh, I guess like late eighties, early nineties and yeah. then new 52. So I guess that's maybe, that's maybe our first question is what era of comic is monster? And, and again, to anyone listening who knows their stuff with comics, yes, you're right. This should be an image comic, but yeah. it's not. It's it's a DC comic. Yeah, it could even and and even, it could even be a Vertigo, Vertigo comic. Yeah, Vert, honest, honestly, Monster would be straight in Vertigo 
which like would put it in more or less the same time frame nineties. Well, I asked it, it as a DC a lot one. Of Preacher, honestly, yes, I asked it as well, DC, DC specifically because the thing that I also tie to that is okay. Which mainline DC character is this like tangentially related to? Is the thing like oh, who right, who do we then all tap of their into? Vertigo stuff is like kind of uh, sure sure right. It's like does this become oh. a story that's happening in Gotham City? Does this become something that's you know like the thing that I think of immediately because it's the the one that's freshest in my mind was um, Tom King's Rorschach story from a year or two ago or maybe even mm-hmm. three years ago at this point, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that is tonally. Similar. To, I mean, obviously, that's a much shorter story. It's it's twelve issues instead of. I guess actually, know. this actually raises a really interesting question: Who's writing Monster the DC comic? Yeah, because um, it's mean, not Arisawa. I almost who's, thought Tom King because he writes it. Well, for a chunk, he was writing everything out of there. Um, yeah, I mean, Tom King, like that's that's what we, because like Tom King isn't a bad pick. It's not bad. I could, but like, I don't know. Cause, and like I said, this reminds me a bit of Preacher the comic. You know, and Garth that's Ennis, an Ennis I think, could do it. Yeah. Uh, Garth Ennis could do it, but boy, he it would be so much more vulgar. It would be so much more terrible in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't like, know if it would be good. I like Preacher, I just, but there are parts of Preacher that I hate to think about. Like, even and more Preacher than is like. one of his most tame. Yeah. Like, there's, Preacher, I mean, the, the comic is good, but man. There's like the I don't even want to talk about it. It just made just makes me frustrated. And I say that as someone you, who like you should watch the show. You should watch. The I show watched the, the first season of the show. And the first then, season is one of my favorite seasons of television. Period. I enjoy it. It is amazing. Uh, um, there's so many pieces of that story that I like. Um, so it's tricky for me to think about the ones that I don't. I think the fight between it's Cassidy and and. Uh, and Jesse, yeah, right? Like, yeah. no, I love that. The, they're like, they're oh, just that. when they're pummeling each other at the end of that story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what this boils down to in the end is just these two <laughs> dudes just socking each other in the face. One of them has the power of God and the other one's a vampire. Just incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I should read Preacher again. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. How would, it, how would it function, though? I mean... Is it a 12 I, issue? Like, is it a miniseries? Like a, or thinking. like a maxi? I think it's a... I think it's a 12 issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like... So what? We got 12 issues and we got 18 volumes to try and compress this down into... I think you can, Man, is the thing. Tough. I think it's... Um, is it, wait, is, Den- is Denny O'Neill writing this? It's either Denny. I was thinking... I don't think Morrison writes this one because there's not enough no, weird meta genre not. stuff for them. No way. Um, no way. It's not... Yeah. It's not more. Tinian either. He oh, might I, do it, actually. I could see Tinian on this. Yeah. I could definitely see Tinian on this. Um, I would I have said Mench. Scott Snyder at one point, but I don't think so. I think the more, no, the further, the further we are enough. from. Snyder's a bombastic guy. Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's his pro and con as a writer. Mm-hmm, it's how mm-hmm. bombastic he is. Uh, but I don't think he's right. I don't think he's right for this. Yeah. Um. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know who it is? It's it's Ruka. It's Greg Ruka. Okay. Yeah, because the Gotham PD, the that whole. Yep. And Gotham Ruka PD, does a question a, run too. I think right. He has a question run. Yeah. He has a. I I'm in the middle of his Batman run in O two right now. He had a Wonder Woman run during Rebirth that was right. pretty solid. I did like that. Uh, Ruka is. 
really he's a very sensitive writer he's really sensitive to his characters and sensitive to the plots he puts them in okay so i think that makes him actually a really good choice for monster yes yeah do we make the uh, yeah i think and then is it is it tangentially related to does the justice league show up at all in this like do we who is the like one page where it's like this this character the famous one is there someone shows up elongated man elongated man okay I always yeah. think it, this is a side note, but I think it's so crazy that there's Elongated Man and Plastic Man both exist in DC. And they're two different And mans. they're different guys. <laughs> they're different guys. Very different characters. Ralph Dibney um, and what's Elongated Man's name? Uh, Ralph Dibney is Elongated Man. So then who's Plastic Man? Uh, Plastic Man is Eel O'Brien. Oh, that's right. What a horrible name. <laughs> well, fuck you. I love him. Um... Man, I like plastic. I like Plastic Man and the second Frank Miller Dark Knight. That horrible Dark Knight. Talk about a comic that was impacted by nine eleven. Dark Knight Strikes Back. <laughs> you know what? I liked it better than the first one. You like Dark Knight Strikes Back better than the Dark Knight Returns? The Dark Knight Returns is pure fascism. No, it's not. I don't. Eh, it's no. I don't. I don't like the first one. The second one at least was like 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 obviously it was. It was clearly like a libertarian railing against the very concept of government. Uh huh. But I preferred that to the first one, which was a libertarian becoming his own government. I mean, look, you're not entirely wrong, but you don't Wait, like, like you don't like this would be a good death, but not good enough. It's. Are you going to say that's you, fine? You <laughs> no, it is good. It's good. It's just like you can't read Frank Miller and You're not right. read his politics. You're you right. You know what I mean? You're and, correct. And there's, you know, and libertarians got two speeds, and I like one of them more than the other one. Oh, that's so funny to me. Uh, this is <laughs> this is crazy. I um, did not expect to be the kind of person who would prefer Dark Knight Strikes Dark Again Knight to Strikes Dark Knight or Dark Knight. I don't know what I, it is. Dark Knight I don't know the yeah. second one over the first one. I did not expect it. I just read it's crazy. I just read it uh, in the last few weeks. I'm pretty sure, and I was like, "Oh God, I can't believe I'm about to read this." Oh no! And then I, read I it, liked like, it more than I thought oh, I was I when I read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, I, I think you know. the fun thing about that one is seeing how he uses all those different DC characters, right? Because that's like it Plastic is. Man I, is tied up in that little egg is yeah. the thing. Yeah, um, and I also really like how much frank miller hates superman oh he that hates superman hates he hates superman, superman so much he character assassinates superman so fucking bad yeah like you can tell frank miller is definitely of that lex luther mindset yes that no one with that amount of power can ever be good should, yeah uh, yeah like you know and and it's a position that i don't you know it, it's like have a little more poetry in your soul there bud uh-huh. uh, make some more room for superman but it is fun. Um, oh, man. What a fun time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, uh, real quick, do we have an artist in mind or a penciler here? Um, who's, who's, penciling, uh, who's penciling Monster? Hmm. I like Jock's Batman issues a lot. The Scott Snyder Jock Batman run before New 52. I love that you call it Jock Batman. You're absolutely right. That is what it is. It's Jock Batman. Yeah. Um. It's Greg Capullo. That's no, 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 no. Jock was the artist oh. before Capullo. Um. But it wasn't Capullo, Capullo the whole time. No. So before it becomes New Fifty Two, there's a there's a trade called the Black Mirror. That's Dick Batman, and it's it's Scott Snyder oh, got put on Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
I didn't I didn't realize that Snyder was on Dick Valley. Um yeah, it was it was only like twelve issues. It's not very long. Uh, I love I love comic books. I yeah. love that comic books make you say sentences. Black Mirror is a Batman story written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Jock and Francesco Francavilla, ten issues in Detective Comics. And it's the Shock. final Batman story J O C K. What's just, his fucking name? It's he oh, just goes by is. Jock. Okay. Yeah. Scottish cartoonist. All right, let me take a look at this guy. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I can see it. I can definitely see it. I, I do think Do you have the would, Gordon be... page, the spread with the with his creepy little with James Gordon Jr.? Like that's the I think that's also no, why I, have a I pulled cool him. Page with Batman like flipping. No, okay, okay, okay. I see it. I see it. I yeah. do see it. Oh, Snyder and Jock on Savage Dragon. Jesus. Oh Christ. my gosh! What? <laughs> oh my god! That's not a good idea. That's no. That's <laughs> no one should let Scott I Snyder mean... write Savage Dragon. No one should let anyone write Savage Dragon. Was that Eric Larson was, was Savage Dragon? I think, I think so. so. That's one of the images. Something like that. I actually have yeah. not read a single ep- issue of Savage Dragon. So yeah. no, this is uh, Jock is a good Jock is a good pick for okay. uh, for the pencil here though. That's good. Sweet. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good stuff. Fun. Boy, it, we we are really doing niche after niche yeah. on this episode. And We're gonna you know lose what? That's fucking people. fun. Dude, I don't care. This is the wrap up, right? That's We're having fun. People yeah, yeah, don't yeah. have to listen to No, this, this is just um, a fun bonus. But I hope you I hope you guys are and I hope you're having fun. Me too. So questions. We got some questions, mostly from Villa Fox. Thanks, Thank you. Phil. We Thank you. you, Phil. I was so excited when okay. I saw this email come in. I know. All right. What non story thing? were you most surprised by um i'm not uh, sure i know what this means honestly. yeah i don't know uh like i'm trying to think the if there's like some sort of detail in there <laughs> that i was surprised by or something <laughs> oh <laughs> big old burp um, i'm drinking seltzer and beer yeah time. getting bubbly um Oh, I think by how often sandwiches showed up and were plot critical. I can say I was surprised by True. that. Yeah, the amount yeah. of food, the amount of food there. Food, yeah. I think probably, I think in general, like, just the sheer size of the cast and yeah, how that's, often new characters got introduced. That's you know, good. That is really, like, every time a new character, every time another new character shows up, you're like, another one? Mm-hmm. And and then you're like, well, okay, surely, surely that's, I mean, that's all of them. And then, and then you know, next fucking chapter of all, you're like, another Another, one? another? You know, and then yeah. you get to Ruhenheim and you're like, oh my God. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was something that really kept me, kept me surprised and intrigued uh, throughout, throughout reading this. And yeah. that's something that, you know, as I've said many times, that's one of the best things about reading Urasawa. Because that is that's just constant for him. Cool. And, but but it never stops surprising me. Yeah, that was kind of and that was my refrain through the whole thing was I have no idea where this goes next. Um, and, and that yeah. was more in terms of story, but it was kind of always a surprise to see when I cracked up in the next volume. Like, all right, what am wh- what are we going to see this time? So, um, surprise is a good I think thing to hold on to. Um, okay, the next one is what side or background character needed their own chapter? Uh, right, fine. 
Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I would go for a Reich Fine, like, origin Reich or background Fine. story. Like, we had very, like, he was super important. He but shows up fully formed. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I would like background Otto, on him. Obviously. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. time with Otto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think those two. Um, <laughs> do you think Tenma ever thought about kissing Grimmer? And maybe while he was thinking about it, the back of his hand accidentally rubbed up against Grimmer's, and it made Tenma think, oh, I shouldn't do it. And Grimmer gave him this really sweet, dopey smile because he kind of thought Tembo was going to kiss him, but he must have been mistaken, and that's when they fell in love. Uh, I do think this, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think it's when they were hiking uh, to go have their picnic on the mountain after they'd escaped oh from the train. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Jeez, just uh, now question. I'm imagining... You should, you and should the, get more questions like that. Yeah, part of this is just like... I even hesitate to go into this, but Grimmer, you know, is the type of person who after a kiss would ask, was that okay? How do I need to do that differently? Because he's constantly asking about the smile. Oh, fuck. Oh, I hate to think about this, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like there's a lot of shipping that you could do in this series. There's at least a decent, there's a decent bit. Um, uh, Ava Heinemann did nothing wrong. Phil... Phil. Look, girl boss gatekeep gaslight. <laughs> Gate, uh, or, what, or whatever the phrase is. I she she gaslit her fucking mansion is what she did. She did. Um, she torched that thing. God. Uh, um <laughs> Do you think how do you think Urasawa managed to create the first and only non-annoying kid side? This is a good point. Um it, by making him competent. Yeah. He's never and something by, that yeah. like we're, we're never. Dieter's never really in danger. There's only one chapter. It's when he's hanging out with the kid that Johan monsterfied. Um, yeah, but and like even then, he's helping the other kid out. Like, and Dieter, Dieter gives is... shit back to the adults is like the other thing too. Yeah. Um, where like you know he he draws that. There's it, the last time we see Dieter, I think, is he's drawn that crappy picture of of Ava that I. It's like <laughs> he's holding it up and she's frowning. Like I love that. Um, yeah, and... I, I think like I think it kind of comes down to. Um, most kid characters, like, they're kind of defined by wanting to come along and the adults not wanting them to come along. And then we get this annoying back and forth where the kid ultimately doesn't come along. And, like, that's what's annoying. It's not that the characters themselves are annoying. It's just that everyone's always like, well, this is what I do with the kid character. But that Mm -hmm. never happens with theater. The adults are kind of like, hey, there's a kid here? Oh, fuck it. Whatever. You know, and then Dieter, Dieter's just here. Yeah, and it's and always kind of a funny detail annoying. that Dieter's still there. Yeah. Like, we cut to him just, like, kicking a soccer ball against a wall a couple times. There's And yeah. tied to that, like, Dieter always wanted to come along. I think Dieter, because he's with Tenma for the first half of the story, and then he's with Nina, and then he's with Ava. It's like, he is always kind of constantly keeping these characters from falling into the brink of despair. And, like, the thing that he always yeah. brings up is, you know, Tenma said, there's a brighter day tomorrow. And, like, he really has taken that to heart from the jump. Like, that's, yeah. that is the conclusion of his arc, is Tenma's telling him, like, t- tomorrow's going to be a better day. Like, you don't have to give in to this despair. And then Dieter's there to remind everyone of that through the rest of the story. Um, yeah, you know, it's really, I, I think, like, Uh, you know what? I had something that I lost it. Damn. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I think, I guess, I guess actually the trick of it is that he is not a sidekick. He is just a kid. Yeah. 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 And, and that's it. He, he helps the other characters. Like you were saying, his presence is valuable. He's not there for, He's not there to keep the kids interested or give them something to relate to. No. He's not there to, you know, make the adults feel one way or another either. He's 
a character and he has his own motivations and his own reasons for being there and doing what he does mm -hmm. and and him being around really does a lot for a lot of the adults you know and that's really it's really heartwarming and i think that's that's why he's so much fun yeah yeah. And I think, like, in it's a story a good, where, yeah. like, the treatment of children is such a central theme, right? Yeah. The fact that we can see, like, a good example of... I mean, like, may, maybe not good, because, like, it's probably... Like, honestly, for him, this is probably not a great childhood experience, like, running around Germany <laughs> chasing a murderer. But, like, the way that <laughs> he is treated... Trying. Yeah, it Yeah. It, like, it models kind of this this better image of, of what can happen for these, for these kids. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. I like Dieter. I don't think... I like yeah. thinking about it... I don't think Dieter's a major character because, like, it, it, like he's major in his section where he's introduced, and then he's always kind of there. Yeah. But like, I'm always happy yeah. when Dieter's there. I think. Me too. If you could live the rest of your life as a character from Monster, who would it be? Or alternatively, what would be your quirky, ironic retirement profession? Is that like how Klaus Papa becomes the hotel owner as his quirky, ironic? Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, mine obviously is I run the hot dog stand in in Ruinheim. Uh, that hot dog girl works at that's my quirky <laughs> ironic retirement profession yeah my quirky ironic retirement profession would be i i would be the guy in the antique shop okay i do like that guy too yeah his little pencil mustache yeah um but if i'm uh, a monster character yeah. i mean we joked about me being or yansuk being matt finnell coded i <laughs> I don't know if I'm Yansuk. Yeah. I think probably what I am is I work in the office that Lunga works in. I'm like one of those guys that was playing chess when Lunga comes in and he's Yeah, he's, he's like, like get to Yeah, work. uh night to yeah. L three or whatever. Yeah, and you go, Wow, how'd you do that? Uh huh. That's so funny. Um God, who am I in Monster? Uh I guess I'm trying. I guess I'm in school to be a therapist, so I guess I'm going for Reichwein. Cool. Yeah. Um, how similar is Monster to the other Urso monk he'll be covering in the future? This is a really good question, um, and one that Matt. I can't, I can't answer, answer, so I'm this just gonna a, listen. This is a Quinn question. Thank you, Phil, because now um, I get to listen. Yeah. Uh, how similar is it? Uh, it depends on. It depends. Right, so it's really similar to other Urasawa manga in certain ways. Urasawa opens are his stock and trade, right? He loves big casts, he loves mysteries, he loves history and consequences. All of these things, all of these hallmarks of his work, are very much here. And so, reading one piece of reading one Urasawa manga is not super duper different than reading another in that sense. But then. Then you get to something like Master Keaton, which is coming up, and that's completely different because that's just an episodic, like, like adventure of the week format, you know. And so we won't like half of the stuff I just mentioned isn't present because Urasawa isn't even doing the writing for a lot of it. Um, but we're still we're still doing the podcast on it because that's Urasawa enough, you know. And then Yawara, Happy, I don't know enough about them. I don't know for sure exactly how much of the Urasawa hallmarks there are, I suspect still quite a few. Um, and then you, I think probably the one that's most similar to Monster is Billy Bat. Um, and Pluto also, there's 
there's a lot of similarity here as well, but Pluto is also really short. Billy Bat in, in scale and scope uh, is not dissimilar to Monster, so fairly high similarity there. Um, but, man. Oh, that fucking story. And then yeah. Asadora. Really excited for us to get to Asadora whenever that finishes up. Who knows? I mean, we might we might finish everything else before Asadora's Who done. knows? Yeah. Who if knows? that one ends up being um, another long one. But um, yeah, totally. it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, so the answer is, it's clearly written by the same guy. There are differences. There are similarities. Like, it's like any author. Cool. Okay. Um, this one's This one's a fun one. If you could introduce any supernatural element into the narrative of Monster, what would that look like? How would that play out? My answer, and this is Vil speaking here now. My answer, so glad you asked. Dieter is, due to weird military experimentation, basically a vampire. Tenma periodically has to let Dieter feed on him. That's why he's so tired. <laughs> thank you, Vil. Love you, Vil. <laughs> Love you, Vil. Thank you, Vil. Um... <laughs> Uh, a supernatural element, I think the obvious one here is that um, uh, Klaus Papa's experiments are to generate ESP. Okay. So all of the um, all of the Kinderheim people have different ESP powers. Right. Yeah. Which we kind of already said. Yeah, I mean, like that, that was my what I posited was that Johan is has some sort of low level TK or ESP where he can, you know, these mental images yeah. and low level mind reading and stuff guess, like that. I guess Nina does have like a twin thing power. Come to think of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we were going to introduce so any it's more, it's kind of already true. Yeah, yeah. So let's pick a new one since this one is already in the text. It turns out. Um. Let's see. Um, I think uh, here's actually how I think I would do it. And this is kind of how it gets played, but I think I would lean into it even more. I think I would make Roberto unkillable. Like we kill him more than just that one time. I think it would be like a, like a, like a Jason or a, or a Freddy or whatever. Yeah. He just, he, he, Roberto just keeps coming back. He can't kill him. He's the slasher I villain. I do really like that. I do really like that. I think it would be fun if Grimmer actually turned into like a monster monster. That would be cool. Yeah, if we saw some sort of Yeah, you know. He's, he gets claws. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a werewolf, Grimmer werewolf. Ooh, um, werewolf Grimmer, good. I mean, especially if we've got vampire Dieter. Wolfgang. Well his name is Wolfgang. His name's Wolfgang, uh, yeah, he's a he's a werewolf. It's easy. It's easy. That's a fucking what a fucking Kobe. Slam dog. Um, Kaboom. Boom. Alright. If there was a budget and everyone involved was compensated fairly. Do you think a completely colorized manga would make reading it better, or would that distract from the story? Uh, Urasawa's line art is different when he's using colors. Um, it's a lot softer and like more watercolory in the color panels. Um, and like the little bit of reading yeah. that I've done is like I think he supervised the colorizing of these ones, oh, so okay. like he's involved yeah. at least. Um, yeah. I I don't think. I don't think it needs color. I, I like how stark the, it is in yeah. black and white, and I think that it lends the to the grit and realism. The shot composition is designed for black and white, right? It's designed to let the negative space and the white space work. Um, so I, I do think that colorizing the whole thing would not, wouldn't do much, especially considering how busy some of the panels are. Yeah. I think it would, you know, because the thing is, is that like when you're working in black and white, large areas of white 
are most often seen on characters, and that makes them stand out, so you know where to focus. But if you color the characters, they don't stand out in the same way, and so panels become less immediately legible. Your eye doesn't know where to settle, right? So when you're doing colors, you have to draw the panel with colors in mind. You know, for, for a style more like Araki, right, because that's another manga that has had an official colored version made, you can get away with that because uh, Araki's line art is somewhat less, uh, it's a little less detailed in certain ways than than Urasawa's. Like, yeah, it's it's dense, but his composition makes it very obvious what's important. Whereas Urasawa's composition is a little bit more subtle and realistic, and so it really relies on that contrast to be readable. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really have too much to add here, uh, but I think, I do think, I, like I said, I think the, the color that we do have is, is kind of soft and washed out. And like, I love, I love all the color plates in the version that we've read, but I do really like kind of how black and white and screen tone get used, um, in the story as it is. And I mean, you know, going back to when we started most of my comics reading is from Western comics, which are by and large all colorized. Um, so I, it's it's hard for me to imagine, it, just because this feels like a different thing. I I don't I don't really know what it would look like in color, but um, I think it would. You know, the the anime is in that kind of like browns and greens and like kind of two thousands yeah, muddy like, and tone. And the anime is not interesting to no. look at. That's yeah. its biggest fucking problem. The animation itself is gorgeous. Yeah. But the color work really makes it feel like you're watching something from the 90s in a bad way. Yeah. And like, I just think, like, I don't think you would go bright, poppy colors if you're colorizing yeah. this. I think it would end up looking more like the anime. And, you know, it, it's that's not, I think, what I want. So, um, definitely. Yeah. Yep. We have a couple of questions from my friend Maya. Thank you, Maya. Uh, what plot threads do we think we could improve? Uh, Roberto. <laughs> I, oh, okay, yeah, because you don't like the, you don't like the like, Adolf no, Reinhardt like, reveal. No, I don't. I would have liked. we could, but, like, if there was just, like, a little bit of, if we, honestly, if we had found out sooner. Yeah, I think you're then right. Then that would make Roberto more interesting, because then, like, every time we interacted with him, we would feel the tragedy more acutely. Sure. But here it's just kind of, like, popped in at the end there, and it doesn't feel like it was built up to it all. I think I would like a better conclusion for Jan Suk. Um, yeah. But, like, there's not really... Sp this, the comic is already, like, 170 chapters, right? Like, that yeah. adds... I My guess would be, like, at least four or five, right? If we're, if we're giving him something He went to the hospital. Yeah. Kurosawa um, went to the hospital because he was doing this and 20th Century Boys at the same time. And yeah. he overworked himself. So... You know, so... Like I understand why that's not in there, like, <laughs> truly. Um, but yeah. I, I would have I liked to... I think a different resolution for Jan Suk, um, and I, no, I mean maybe that's it. Honestly, um, I I think I would have reduced the Nina Nina memory therapy. I think I would have gotten rid of maybe one instance of that. Mm. I think there was maybe one yeah. too many, but that was yeah. that's it. I I think it's pretty tightly plotted. I'm I'm a fan. Me too. As stands. Yeah. Favorite arc uh, for me, it's the ending. Bruhenheim is an all timer. Yeah, I, uh, looking back at the tier list that we put together, I really... I mean, I'd be surprised. I feel like it's Frankfurt for you. 
Uh, yeah, not? I think it is the Frankfurt. It, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I really like Nina's introduction. I really like the Frankfurt stuff. Um, I mean, they're all, it's very neck and neck. I think if you ask me on a different day, it's, it's a different thing. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I am going to go with the, the Turkish quarter. Um, love that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's really, really good. Mm-hmm. It really, it gets into, it digs its teeth into some awesome geopolitical stuff that the rest of the manga doesn't really approach in the same way again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and get like, we get it, a tease of it when Tenma yeah. goes back to the Frankfurt Quarter, and I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when he's talking with Peter yeah. Chopek about, it got bulldozed anyway, right? You know? Um, I don't know about Peter Chopek. Uh, oh, Milan. yeah, 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 Milan. Yeah, Milan, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Do we want to talk about There's this horrible Q&A. Reddit post or... Absolutely. Okay, let me let's Absolutely pull it up. Absolutely, you want to talk about this Reddit post. Okay. So here is, friends, <laughs> on reddit.com, there is a post on the r slash monster anime subreddit. It's a pinned post. It is called Guide to Interpret Monster and Why You Should Care. This post is radioactive. It is such a mess of toxic pseudo-intellectual babble yeah so quinn found this one this was near the beginning (laughs) of his recording i think or maybe like as we'd started to put out that first set of episodes because the the reddit says that this post is 10 months old so that's like beginning of the year as the first episodes are coming out quinn messaged me and was like you can't read this because we haven't finished the story yet but like holy cow i hate this so much it's really bad, and we can't go over the whole thing because no, it's giant. Because it's pretty be long. I think three is the hours. Thing. I could run a fucking seminar debunking every sentence of this fucking thing. I mean, the fact that it talks about the Big Five <laughs> model, which is like a thing that I learned in my MBA classes. Which I'm I'm getting a business degree. Do not hold it against me. It is mostly just the same sort of stuff, this babble, right? But it's like there's a long section in this about personality tests. There's links to the Wikipedia pages for extroversion, conscientiousness, neuroticism, agreeableness. Like take a personality test, this, that, the other. It's just, oh my gosh. I think think the thing that really gets me, right? So (sighs) first... Welcome to a guide on how to interpret monster and any other pieces of fiction for that matter. My main goal here is to make the case that monster can be correctly interpreted. Correctly? Are you serious? (laughs) A truly canonical interpretation of any work of fiction is intuitively undeniable, regardless of the author's stance or silence on it. Mm. right so what we're seeing here is this is like this has... is the worst version of death of the author right where it's like the author's dead so i can tell you the objective meaning of I this can tell you. and the great thing is is that this is clearly a person that has never taken a literary class right they have never taken well i don't know if that's true like, i don't know if that's true because oh, they they i mean make it seem like they've read a lot they might be lying but i'm sure they've read a lot and maybe they have conversations about it and or maybe they took the classes and ignored them right but if they believe me, as someone who has taken classes on analyzing fiction, look, 
Yes. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna are... read this paragraph. This drives me insane. A curious yeah, yet it. uncomfortable sense of uncertainty is often found in the last panel of Monster. Just an empty bed. This empty bed triggers the curiosity of avid readers into wondering what it all means. After all, Monster prevents itself to be a piece of fiction, psychologically and philosophically rich, and not understanding what an empty bed means must mean that one was missing the point. Confused, a reader would often flock to analyses on Monster and believing that they have understood it intellectually, continue living their lives still psychologically disturbed because they have not truly intuitively understood monster at all you know what you're right this person's never taken a literature class in their life the amount of times that they use the word in uh, psychological uh intellectual why why are they so focused on like intuition why is intuition important to them when it comes to analyzing a piece and like truly if it was an intuitive you would not be writing this argument that's the opposite of intuitive um oh my god <laughs> I hate to just sit here and dunk on something like this, uh, but like it's pinned I, on the anime. It's pinned uh, on the fucking thing. It's pinned. If it wasn't it's pinned, pinned, I might hesitate a little bit more, but it's fucking pinned. It's pinned. Um, section one Why Monster is a genuine and profound piece of fiction. Mm. Uh, but, what does that it, even mean? A genuine a... piece of fiction? What does genuine mean? Oh, wait, it... wait, 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 wait. Matt, 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 Matt. I have got, I have got some. Folks who also listen to Homestuck made this world. You're gonna get a kick out of this. Are you gonna say the fiction <clears throat> teaches you how to read it? I'm sorry if I stole creativity. Your roughly speaking, is akin to running a simulation with clearly defined boundaries and watching the simulation unfold and writing out what you observed. Of course, there would be bad ideas here and there, but through survival of the fittest, <laughs> the one that made the most sense would be inked on paper. What the fuck? <laughs> it's not real. It's a story that someone made up. We love this shit. We love this shit, folks. Right? We love this. Honestly, oh, thank you, God. because now I get to do I I get to do the thing that <laughs> Kunzelman does, where I say it's simply not real. It's made it's up. It's just. It's not real. It's made up. It's not a simulation. A We're simulation. Fiction is mess. a simulation. Are you kidding Look, it's, me? It's a style. I'll, I'll, it is a it is a style that somebody can do, right? They can pretend to do this, but that's the fucking thing. You can pretend to do this, and ultimately, that's not how writing works. Writing is a series of choices you make. You think about how you want it to go, and you choose the one that is what you want. This weird, objective, simulationist style of writing is only a veneer. There's, it, it doesn't exist at all in any sense you know and so this guy and this guy doesn't even say writing he says creativity roughly speaking um you know like it's it's fucking absolutely absurd yeah i mean the other thing here this guy just no point number two why there is a correct interpretation like honestly everyone here who's listening to the show knows this Anyone who tells you that there is a correct interpretation of something is lying to you. Yes. And, it, and they're lying to you yeah. so that they can, I don't know, get something from you. They have no, a position. I'll grant you this. There are, I do believe, I do believe that there is such a thing as an incorrect interpretation of something. Yes. But there is an infinite number of correct ones. Yes. Right? Um, the number of incorrect interpretations is relatively small. Here's another great one that really just, hmm. A great way to identify disingenuous art is to look for clear and explicit messaging. For example, a is this, is this something that someone's written disingenuous with art? an end in mind or a clear message that they want to express. 
in in parentheses propaganda. Are you kidding they would me? Often Are you strawman opposing viewpoints? Uh, parentheses and therefore virtue signal. End parentheses. Basically. Uh, one should notice that the reason why monster is hard to interpret is that there is no explicit messaging. Holy fuck! Are you Holy kidding me? Fuck! This is Holy a this shit. is a this is a key this politics out of video insane. game person. This is insane. Is not only that, this is a guy. How do I put this? This is oh my god! I don't understand how. Wait wait wait. Okay, hold on. What does he think he's interpreting? If there is no message. What is he interpreting? Is he saying that there's no political point? This is one of the most political manga that exists. Like, straight up, that exists. Like, very few manga delve into real-world politics to the same degree that Monster does. So it is absolutely insane. This is... It, it, it is so absurd to try and claim that Monster makes no points. This is one of the most direct I have a point for you to listen to manga out there, I feel. I, I think maybe the most one of the most frustrating things about this, so they conclude by saying, and I, I almost, I hate to just read what this person has written, like to give them a platform, but... And basically where we just say... They're pinned. They've already got they're a platform. Pinned. Here's what I'm going to say. Like, we're not digging into explicitly why we disagree with everything that this person has said here. But I think we've done 18 episodes. You can go back and listen and see how we feel and how, you know, what we've said goes against what this person has written. But the, at the end, they say, what I think the messages of Monster are. I think that Monster is a beautiful cautionary tale and its messages are, love is the answer to life's sufferings. Good and evil do exist. Everyone has the capacity to be, to be either. Good ultimately triumphs. To be a good person, one would have to integrate their shadow, dark self. A person's childhood is central to the person they become. Redemption is possible even for the most evil. We should not give in to the temptation of nihilism that comes with overconscious intellectualizing. This is this what? is what we were saying. He this is when it we said out of the park. Yeah, this guy is completely correct. Like so, that is the fucking thing about this dude is that he has arrived at all of the same conclusions as we have. Well, no, 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 no. I, his last one where he says like, we, the. Temptation of nihilism that comes with overconscious intellectualizing. This was this was when we joked about their blackmailing the kids. We're not <laughs> yeah, saying true. that media interpretation is evil and turns you into a monster, right? And we're not saying that like postmodernism is the fall of the Western world, which I think might be a phrase that this person would agree with, um, just based on the way that they've written their arguments. But I think it's just like I yeah I th yeah they've hit some of the big points, but I think it's I think it oversimplifies is the thing and i think it's by stripping out the, i mean this guy this guy wants stuff, his you know it's, yeah by saying that yeah there's no message here that you end up with just the most it's flat and kind of i don't know trite like love is the answer to life's sufferings that is not what i think i would take away from this story but i mean like that that is something that i think i don't know this is insane um it's I think it's I think it's trite, but I think considering how insane everything he says is, the fact that he reached the messages decently, you know, like yeah. to any degree, yeah. Like, and I think I he think what this have, is yeah. is this is a case of somebody who it's clearly an amateur, right? Yeah, because I mean, but we are too. Like knows... to be perfectly fair, we are also amateurs. It's true, but. He thinks he knows how he arrived at his conclusions. Mm -hmm. 
but he is consciously avoiding all of the details in the story that actually lead you to those conclusions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. It's <sighs> it's wild. Anyway, yeah. hey, I just wanted to get mad about, at him. Do you know anything about his other manga recommendation? I don't know what that is. Uh, I know Berserk, yeah, but I don't know the other one. other manga recommendations. Uh, Goodnight Poonpoon. Yeah, what's that? It's, it is very, very good. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. really good. But it is the exact kind of thing that this guy would really like. Because it's it's a really, like, uh, like depressing, auteur boy okay. exploration of adolescence and sexuality in a okay. really, like, traumatic way. You know, one of those deals. Yeah. Done really, really well. Like, I'm kind of making it, like, I'm, I'm sounding a little, um, uh... Reductive. Unkind, reductive or to unkind, it, yes, but... Yeah. Good night, Punpun. Extremely good. Very much worth reading. Will destroy you. Uh, and and so very much the kind of thing that this kind of guy would think of okay. as high art. Uh, but absolutely, you know, it, absurd. Absurd that he um, sure I, and that then, he's willing to cut off an entire avenue of of uh, of analysis. Yeah, the, and then the same thing for anime because the anime Devil May Cry Baby, which as listeners might <laughs> yeah. remember, one of the three manga that I bought that started this podcast was I bought the first perfect edition of Monster. I bought the first uh, Dragon Ball, uh, like the the three in one, and then I bought uh-huh. a hardcover of uh, Devil Man. And it was like, which one am I going to read? And then Quinn said, you should read Monster and we should do a podcast on it. So, see, and I talk all the time on this show about Evangelion and how much I like it. And when I say, we'll get some Evangelion vibes from here. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what Ergo Proxy is. I was going to ask if you knew what that is. I don't know what that is. I've heard the name. I don't know anything about it. Okay. But yeah, anyway, so. Oof. Sorry to just like sit there for a while. but It's posted. It's pinned. Yeah, we have to address Uh, it. Oh, R slash monster anime rules. Rule one, be respectful. Rule two, absolutely no asking how to be like Johan. All caps. What the hell? Is that a joke? This is self-explanatory. Do not make any posts asking how to become like Johan, and do not ask how to become nihilistic or emotionless. This will result in one warning and then a ban. So, you know that this is a problem they've had. Crazy. Um, uh, interesting. And then we okay. have a couple of other helpful analysis things. One here says everything Yo hunted for was for Anna, a monster capable of love. Um, this is I could see this reading. Some of this other stuff um, I think is okay. I mean, like, cause that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the thing that I've I've. Was Johanna aware from the beginning that Anna was the one who went to the Red Rose Mansion? No, he wasn't. He tells you that he wasn't. He yeah. asks the question. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, we've said it before and we'll say it again. If your theory contradicts the text, it's a bad theory. Yeah. Like, Pure speculation. Um, uh, okay. In positive news, however, Tumblr.com slash Cyanogoth. Uh, so we've, over the course of the manga, we've spent some time and done some diversions and some tangents into... Uh, like, oh, what's the story behind, like, this name? Uh, what's, like, oh, this is referencing this philosophical thing. Oh, this is referencing this part of the Bible. Oh, this is referencing this piece of art. We have found a Tumblr blog that does all of this 
with so much more thoroughness than we ever could. It's it a, is it's a Tumblr that links to a live journal is the other thing too. I think the oh, live journal, live journal. Yeah, the yeah, live yeah, journal yeah, has yeah. also done a lot of that work. But it's uh yeah, yes. we'll we'll put the description in the in the or we'll put the post in the uh or yeah. the, the link. We'll post in the our description, description on the blog. Yeah. Um Yeah, so you know. Uh, definitely check that out if you've been enjoying kind of that supplementary material vibe. I think this um, is like a better way of approaching the what the Reddit post we just dunked on does, right? Where this is Absolutely. more just like, hey, let's dig into the content and like kind of figure out where some of this comes from and give you some yeah. more stuff you can read to think about this. Um, Super cool stuff. Way more thorough than you could ever reasonably be in a podcast. Yeah. So it's great that somebody else has done this work. Uh, and I wish I had found it <laughs> before before the show was over. Um but it's uh, it's very very cool stuff. So please do check that. Yeah, and out. thank you. One of our someone on Twitter recommended this to us ages ago. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, um, we were going to. There was that video. Whatever. It's too late to watch it now. I don't. We've done plenty. Um, oh, yeah. There is one more thing. So next up, um, and let me go and grab this this link here. Yeah, back. we're just gonna have to do like a three two one countdown as the thing. But uh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm I, it, it, it's fine. So next up on Urasawa Boys, we are gonna be where Monster Season's done. We're out of Monster. It's done. Which is kind of fucked up. It feels wild. I didn't think we were ever gonna get here, but we did. <laughs> it's crazy that we did it, and and we're about to. to and we do did it mostly on schedule. Else. We only delayed a couple times. Mostly, you know, I'm. I am so happy with mostly and mm -hmm. finished, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, but next up we are going to read um, uh, Urasawa's Master Keaton, uh, which is mostly written by not Urasawa, and we are going to get into that. It's a bit of a shorter series, uh, and we'll talk, we'll talk more about the history of it and, and all of the publishing stuff when we get started with it, but one thing I wanted to do here uh, was I was thinking, oh yeah, what are we going to do for the for the music, right? For the podcast, because we're not going to be doing Monster anymore. So we have to get a new theme song. And I was like, oh, right. Master Keaton actually did have an anime adaptation. So let me go and listen to that and see what the fuck that sounds like. Um, and uh, brother, it sure does sound like. So uh, Matt, let me know. Let me know when you're ready and at zero and we will we'll listen together. And this will be Matt's first time listening to it. Okay, I'm at zero. I've got it. So we can you can count me down and then I'll hit play. Okay, we're gonna do it on three, two, one, go. Okay, so on go, I'll hit go. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. I'll get your other headphone on, but. Off of my head. Right. I'm gonna put this in under us, like kind of bantering a yes. little bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay, this is very different vibes from. Mon I'm excited for this. This seems like it's gonna be a good time. Oh, that fun drum. Yeah. Right. Stonehenge, some fire. Uh 
Oh, I love those animals. That's extremely 90s looking animals. Oh, yeah. Someone watched a Miyazaki movie before they did this <laughs> opening sequence. Well, actually, it's, it's a reference to a specific thing in, in that happens. Oh, in, in, the, the, in the comic? Okay. Oh, this yeah. is cool. All right. That was sick. I liked that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I just, like, huge the first tonal time I shift. And the, yeah, and the bagpipes come in, and I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. They're a little, um, they're a little uh, stunning when they come in. <laughs> yeah, it's just not what you expect from a not fucking at all. Uh, anime opening. Yeah, but I really, I really like that. I'm excited. Um, I'm really looking forward to Master Keaton. It's gonna be a fairly different kind of a show because Master Keaton has different stuff for us to dig into. Um, you know, but I hope you guys uh come along. And even if you skip the Master Keaton season, you know, we'll be coming back around for yeah, don't, more. Don't, don't skip the Master Keaton you know. season. We're still going to have fun. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. 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 We are. I, we are absolutely going to have fun. I have, I have some ideas for some really fun segments and uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, a really good time. Yeah. I'm excited and about then, it. And then, you know, depending on the state of the strike, we'll see about doing. Pluto yeah. Where Pluto happens. Point. So yeah, I do. I do want to get to Pluto. Me too. Pluto was kind of, that was my first, ex- cause I read, I think the first volume of Pluto, mm-hmm. um, when I was yeah. in high school or college or something. Um, right. so I'm, I'm interested to get back to that. So, yeah. All right. But I, well, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mean, that's it. We can do, let's do plugs real quick. Um, yeah, do you, uh, I'm Matt Fennell. I'm at mattfennell.bsky.social uh, on Blue Sky. And uh, I'm at blarple.net. That's my blog. And uh, yeah, that that's me. Quinn, where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at 200proofgames.bsky.social. Uh, it's 200proofgames. And you can find uh, my TTRPG work at 200proof.itch.io. And uh, that's about where you can find me. And uh, you know, as we come, as we wrap up our wrap up episode, uh, thanks for coming along for the ride with us. Everybody. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, and uh, I'm looking forward to more Urusawa boys I'm talking more about this author that I really fucking love. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, all right. And and the last time fading out with the with the monster music, everybody, thank you so so much for listening, and thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Mm-hmm.